nosh on my balls. Is that what I said? I don't, that's I, that's what I heard. Yeah. All alone in the moonlight. <laughs> uh, wonderful. I still don't know what that is. It's from Cats. It's yeah. called Memories. 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 Cat memories. Uh, I feel like cats suckling is, at the teat of Broadway. Cats is a thing I'm just never going to watch. Yeah, because it's yeah, stupid. Yeah, I it think seems it's stupid It to is me. stupid and dumb. All right, um, hot take. I'm going to give you guys a hot take here. All right. I bet you Hamilton is stupid as fuck. <laughs> Everybody's going nuts over that shit. I'll bet you it's dumb as hell. I know people who have seen it like five times. Yeah, I know. I'm not, I'm not huge on musical theater myself. I don't, know how, I don't know how to judge a good one from a bad one. No. If I'm being real. Here's the thing. Are they yeah. singing? It's bad. <laughs> I'm going to say just not good. Really? Yeah. Like no musicals. Uh, except for. Um, what about the Blues Brothers? All right, I'll give you the Blues Brothers doesn't count. That's more of a. Are you sure? There's yes. people singing and music takes up a substantial part of the movie. Yeah. All right, yeah, but that one's that's different. <laughs> I, I, I that and um, uh, Fiddler on the Roof. I'll give you a pass to Fiddler on the Roof because <laughs> mm. I like Tevye. <laughs> uh, oh wait, Fiddler on the Roof. I barely know her anywhere. Boink. Anyway. But thank you for giving me a pass to Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> on the first date, even. It's the dude cast. It is. Woo! This is where yeah. we are. See, normally I'd be like, "Are you? did you start recording? But I watched you hit yeah, record. You watch normally when you go one-on-one with, with another, another podcast. Wrestling. You got 50-50 chance of winning. But we we are podcast freaks. And we're not, we're not normal. normal. Uh. See, in the three-way <laughs> cast uh, at the dude table... You got <laughs> never mind. That's really hard to it is yeah. do on the fly. Yeah. The uh the <clears throat> the menage dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude a toi. I uh I recently searched for Youngstown podcasts out of curiosity. Uh-huh. Yeah. There are like eight of them that came up. Almost all of them are churches, and we're not on it. Oh. We, we, you mean to tell me we have to pay taxes? <laughs> no. Well, what? <laughs> Because it we're 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 not separation of church and state. We're not we're it. not a church podcast. I kind of think this is a church. We're, this is like a temple of farts mm. <laughs> or something. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Temple of Farts. It's kind of a Indy. It borders on religious. We meet uh, at the same time weekly to do this thing to drink. And we we take, have rituals. Yeah, we take communion. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, right. There's uh, some form of a uh, sermon type thing. Father Burton's sermon. <laughs> Oh, Herman Merman's favorite uh, sermon. Cover me in the seat of the prophet. <laughs> and the dudes did look skyward and doth fairly proclaimed, we art fucked. Ah, indeed ah, we are fucked. And then they discusseth, 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 discusseth even. <laughs> discusseth. Did you just take my hosting duties, bro? <gasps> no. Ooh. No, That's I don't, I don't fucking care. It doesn't matter. No. None of this matters. <laughs> it's an example, bro. You <laughs> Hello. Excuse me. I felt that one. Sorry. I was trying very hard to make it so that you didn't. <laughs> it felt like a couple of droplets. Oh, sorry. Me. Really sorry. Mm. That was an aggressive sneeze. <laughs> Morty. Uh, Morty. We have not Morty. been at this table in like at least two weeks. I got a plug yeah. in, Morty. There's a, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, we haven't talked about yes, that on the we show. Have. We haven't talked about that Holy yet. Holy shit, you're right. We haven't talked about it on the Let's show. So, so like, Ben, tell us why we haven't been here. I'm engaged, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Andy. Ooh. 
<laughs> we went. <laughs> me and, <laughs> Boy, that's the reaction. Slams getting uh, getting 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 hitched. <laughs> Aubrey and I went to Chicago, and I fucking proposed to her on the sky deck of the Sears Tower, the yeah. Willis Tower. So we've known about this for a long time, but for obvious reasons, we can't talk about it on the show. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and I, I can't keep my big mouth shut. So these guys have known for like a long time. And yeah. when I when when I finally uh, when I finally proposed, Aubrey like didn't really have many people to tell. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I felt so bad. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't keep my mouth. I could keep my mouth shut about it. That's yeah, all right. Well, but I mean, um, you know, that's how it goes. I told everybody too. We were, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tell 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 the nice people how it went down. So um, when we when we were going there, I ran through like a bunch of ideas in my head. My brother, as it turns out, actually proposed a couple weeks before we went. Um, and, oh, really? and like I found out. Well, he proposed. I didn't in, realize that he proposed in Chicago as well. Oh no, shit! Um, did I not tell you guys this? No, <laughs> no. So okay, so like a week before he went with with his uh, now fiance, uh, my brother and I were texting a bit, and and he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna go, and and I'm gonna propose to her while we're there." And I'm like, "No shit! I'm that's what I'm doing." <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea that's the, awesome. the other was gonna do it. That's he did. Funny. He did his. Uh, in front of the Bean in Millennium Park. Nice. Um, I forget. There's an actual name for the Bean. It's called like Cloud Gate or something like Everyone that. Everyone knows it as the Bean. Yeah. Um, so he so he proposed in front of the Bean, uh, and then uh, uh, a couple weeks later, oh excuse me, Aubrey and I went and um, and uh, so when we got there, it was funny because like, uh, God, <laughs> I'm sorry. Christ, I can't. Are you good? I'm good. I can't keep it. I can't keep it under control tonight. So anyway, um, so we we get there and I hadn't counted on the fact that there was going to be fucking metal detectors uh, that you'd have to, you know, because oh, for obviously. Um, so, so like I have this I have this pendant in my pocket. This is a um, uh, if anyone out there's played Skyrim, this is an amulet of Mara from Skyrim, which is, you yeah. know, you you uh, it's the the symbol of of marriage and, and love in and, pe- and people game. who listen to the show will remember that every single time Aubrey is she recommends there, Skyrim. She recommends Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every single yes. time. And it only gets funnier. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Paul Rudd's uh, uh, Mac and me gag. Yeah. It just yeah. gets funnier with time. <laughs> so I um, so I have this I have this uh, silver plated brass amulet in my pocket. Yeah. And I and it occurs to me, like, maybe I should have like maybe they would have accommodated me. Like maybe I should have gotten in touch with them first, but I, I we were kind of playing the trick partly by ear. I didn't know when we were going to go to the sky deck. Yeah. yeah, it was it was only after she she mentioned it. I was like, hey, let's go on the first day. And yeah. she was like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> um, so so we get there and there's a metal detector. So I, I'm ending up like just kind of standing there like a weirdo, like rifling around in my pocket because I'm trying to put it into the fold of my wallet. So that it's just kind of sandwiched in there so that when I take it, when I take that out and take my phone out, put it in the bin, go through, uh, she won't see it. I didn't realize you had to do this bit of subterfuge. Yeah, she um, she sneaky. sneaky, When I told her about this, she said that she probably wouldn't have noticed it anyway. (laughs) She's like just so she she says she's oblivious to stuff like that. But I don't want to take the chance. Right. Um, So anyway, we get up there, we look around the uh, the thing and and they have these booths. Um, we, you know, they protrude from the outside of the building. So the floor is glass. All, all both walls are glass and the, the, you know, the front is glass and the ceiling. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's like a line, we had to wait in line for, you know, six or seven minutes maybe. 
Um, you know, you have a time limit if it's two people or less. So I turned around, I handed my phone to the people behind us and, and, uh, asked them to take a video. And Aubrey was, Aubrey was like, uh, we can just take <laughs> selfies. And I'm, and I'm like, no, no, don't worry. This is going to, this isn't going to take too long. <laughs> I just, uh, I just got down Good and job. do that. Get yeah. it on you got to get it on video. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's important. I got it on video. Uh, there was clapping. <laughs> Oh yeah, was, mm-hmm. I can say everybody clapped unironically yeah. <laughs> instead of instead of memeing, um, and uh, yeah, by the time we got out of that booth, um, my eyeballs were vibrating and I couldn't feel my hands. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was less nervous about uh, about being 103 stories up in the air with only a sheet of glass separating me from from impending death. Oh my god! Uh, and more about just the proposal and how it was going to work. Yeah. Um, I can't. I couldn't. That's one of the things I can't and will not do is walk out onto that platform. I still. I, I couldn't. Can't do it. No way. I still haven't shown my dad the video. Uh, oh, it's yeah. Yeah, he's terrified of heights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna. He's gonna flip. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> gotta get. Gotta find a way to get it on video for you. For yeah. you people out there. You'll thank yourself later. It's a good idea. To, yeah, uh, I I, right. I apologize to the woman behind us. I was, I was like, sorry to dump that on you all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> figured to be okay with it. No, yeah, people want to be involved. People in want to be like involved that. in that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And her her exclamation is on the recording yeah, right. as well, which is which is great. She's just like, oh, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So it, it went yeah. it went pretty great. And then the rest of the city. Thank you. And then, and then the rest of the city was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. of course. It was a real good, That's real, real, real good time. Yeah, yeah. you got to eat, uh, uh, what's uh, the, which? Um, Giordano's. We, Giordano's. Went to, we went to Giordano's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we went to Giordano's. We went to, um, we got ourselves a, like a real fancy dinner at the Shanghai Terrace. Nice. Um, I They were fantastic to us when, when they learned that we were newly engaged. Mm-hmm. They gave us free champagne and, yep. and uh, some chocolate mousse cake. That's mm-hmm. so nice. They really took care of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. We had, <laughs> had our first Uber ride ever. Oh, really? We, we did we did uh, three or four of those over the course of the trip. Yeah, uh, it ends up being way more convenient than trying to like so much go easier. places and park and shit. Yeah, like parking is a it's a nightmare. <laughs> uh, I, I got yeah, you park your car and you're like, oh, I'm gonna take a huge dump right here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you said parking shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I just pictured like uh, I'm parking and shitting the whole time. <laughs> this is a parking deck. Jim and park immediately and, shit pants. And you you pull into the deck and then right next to your parking spot there's a toilet just in the open. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta run you gotta run over to it. You pay eight dollars. Drop to, your belt and it clatters and to get, get into the park and shit. Oh, Chicago's such a weird place. Oh. <laughs> Hit him with the old park and shit. Ah, the park and shit. Yeah, one two. This is someone right next to a BMW with his pants down. Well, like they, New York Times. They, they call it the they call it the park and shit in the Midwest. In New York, it's called a stop and plop. <laughs> It's so, so fucking stupid. dumb. It's dumb. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, that's why we haven't been here. Sorry to inconvenience you all. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, yeah, well, right. that was that was la- uh, two weeks ago, and then last week we did D&D, and now we're back. Yeah. Yeah. From yes. outer space. I just walked in to find you here with that sad look upon your face. Should have changed your stupid life. Should have made you live the care if I'd known. Sorry. I can't keep up. I know. I can't keep up. So now, today. hello, it's the Three Dudes cast. <laughs> We're back here drinking lots of beer and kicking lots of salty ass. <laughs> We're here to rock your fucking socks and fucking stroke your fucking cocks. That was good. I was, I was with you there. Yeah. Hey, gentlemen, 
yeah. we have a very special episode tonight. We do. We do. Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna keep the opening segment the same. I will probably skip as bad as it gets tonight, just for the sake of brevity. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm not. It's not good. It's not a really good game anyway. Your games are better. You guys are better than mine. I like, I like as bad as it gets. Yeah, it's good. I'm not. I feel like it usually involves like a diarrhea sandwich or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's not the love about I like, that. I feel like everything I do sucks. Or like a cocktail so, with know. like hair in it. Like it's always something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's terrible. It's not even funny. It's dumb. <laughs> I love it. It's kind of dumb. It's I hilarious. Um, but no, we have a very special episode tonight. So uh, with that, let's get on with it. Yeah. Uh, why are we fucked, Ben? Um. Hey, see there. Yeah, you almost got me there. <laughs> the discount double fake out. I was ready. Um, I I don't feel especially fucked this week. Honestly, this is a trend, and I don't like it. This is a trend. I know. Why do we have to be happy? Well, I. Here, <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. I I do have something different, which is something I've been laughing at like all day. Okay. okay um, I it. I just learned about this today. I'll allow it. So, you know how. Uh, there's a there's a uh, an emergent perception uh, in recent years that Boba Fett might not be as much of a badass as the fandom seems to think he is. No, the only thing he well think about it. The only thing he does of any use is track the Millennium Falcon to Cloud City. Yes. Mm-hmm. After that, he stays back while the stormtroopers do all the fighting. Yes. Yeah. Rides with Han Solo to Tatooine, then gets accidentally killed by a blind Han Solo swinging a stick around. That's true. <laughs> That's all he does. OK, that's the enough. only thing Boba Fett ever does. But he it's looks true. cool. Now, he does look cool. He has a jetpack. Someone pointed this out to me. And I've been laughing about this all day. Okay, what's that? Um, in Empire Strikes Back, which I believe is the first time we see him, mm-hmm. uh, they're on the the bridge of the Star Destroyer, and Darth Vader is talking to all the potential bounty hunters Correct. that the Empire is going to be hiring. Mm-hmm. Well, so according to extended universe lore, which Disney uncanonized that, but I, I, I and a lot of people still consider the EU canon because it includes shit like Kyle Katarn and Jedi Outcast. Yeah. yeah. All sorts of really cool shit. Uh, the Imperial Remnant. Well, um, in that room with him, there are two bounty hunters that have names in the EU canon. Uh, just as an example, IG-88 is one who is a psychotic droid serial killer. What okay. does that sound like? <laughs> Greetings, meat bags. Bag, organic meat bags. Yes. <laughs> ah, a little couture um, for you there. Yeah. And uh, and a man named Dengar, who lost most of his brain in a racing accident. With okay. these people in the room, I want you to consider what it says about Boba Fett's reputation for competency <laughs> when Darth Vader comes up to him specifically after saying the target needs to be taken alive, coming up to Boba Fett specifically out of a room with a literal psychopath, a man with half a brain, to tell Boba Fett, no disintegrations. Listen, dipshit, taking him alive means you're not allowed to kill him. <laughs> I've been That's laughing really about that point. all day. That's a good point. Those other two fucking numbskulls at least clearly knew well enough not to do that. Boba Fett is, has, must have such a, a reputation for incompetence that he is the fuckwit in the room that Darth Vader singles out to tell him here's what no killing specifically means. <laughs> That's funny. 
<laughs> I, I never would have noticed this. That's really funny. I never would have considered this. <laughs> and no one is considering this. No one's talking about no this. No one is talking about I this. I saw the movie a long time ago. I was the first one to see Star Wars. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, sure. We, th- we like Boba Fett. We, like, we think Boba Fett's good. We like him. <laughs> and meanwhile, and mean- Crooked Ben Reese. <laughs> crooked Crooked. <laughs> has, crooked has been I- suppressing this information. I was the first one to point this out. I was out. the first one. IG88, we don't, we don't know who he is. He does, does he even have his own action. He's a figure? couple of bad dudes. I don't no. like, I don't respect Han Solo. I prefer people that don't get captured. <laughs> I, I like I like my heroes not frozen in carbonite, just to say. And uh, and uh, I don't know. We just we like Boba Fett. We think Boba Fett looks cool. We like the way he uh, uses his jetpack. And we uh, like jetpacks. And like also, jet- wait, who's we that? Like blasters. Who's that? What's that? Get him out of here. Get him the hell out of here. Get him. Take him to Jabba's put him palace. In, put him in the trash compactor. Get him out of here. <laughs> Star Wars, Star Wars Trump's running mate would be uh, Salacious Crumb, that little fucking monkey thing that sits on Jabba's shoulder. <laughs> uh, so silly. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to share that because I've been I've been giggling about that That's all day. Really funny, actually. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't feel particularly fucked. I'm just uh, I'm I'm having a good old time. I just I just cannot abide this general joy. It just doesn't <laughs> sit with general me. joy. Yeah, general general joy. Um, <laughs> I, I guess okay. If I I guess if I had to pick something, uh, people people flexing in the casual mode of online games because they're too shit to climb in ranked and oh. they they have low self esteem. Uh, okay. They can, you know, fuck off. It's a video game. Quit taking it so seriously. Okay. So, like, people who, yeah, take casual too seriously. Yeah. Filthy casual. You're like, oh, what's even your rank? It's like, <laughs> I don't have no one. one cares. I don't have one because I play this in to... my spare time. Yeah. I'm just trying to have fun. Yeah. No one cares. <laughs> no. <laughs> you sound like an asshole. Oh man! Now we're offic- now we're going to have a, a Hall of Fame farts because that's definitely in the in the short list of best farts on the show. It was so clear. Oh, do you have an- do you have another microphone down there? I'm sorry. Uh, yes, it was perfect. <laughs> All right. And, and like to the ear. <laughs> so look forward to that one in our Hall of Fame Farts episode. Yeah. Where we rank oh. our favorite farts. Best of season three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Oh. Uh, anyway. Hey, Dave. Yeah. Why are you fucked? Gosh, I had a reason a second ago. Oh, oh. no, no, no. I know what it is. Uh, so I am so... So gay, <laughs> incredibly no. gay. Um, Nothing. There's I, anything um, wrong with that. I uh, I'm so bad at personal finance. Same. I think I might be the worst. Same. I don't know. No, you're just a man. I mean, maybe that I don't know. Maybe it's well. There's some. There's a lot of men that are very good at this. <laughs> I think I might be the worst of us at personal you're not finance. Jewish, says, Dave. The, says the guy who owns a house. No, but the, like <laughs> it's not none of this shit. Like. I'm just I'm just fortunate enough that I could like be shitty at money and still have this house. <laughs> That's it. Like I'm so bad at this shit. Yeah, I'm not good at it either. Um and this week I have been for basically the last 6 days, 
I have had eight dollars in my checking account. Oof! Oh, and it been there. fucking sucks. Yeah, been there, but I'm, I'm getting there. I get, I get paid on Friday, thankfully. But. So do I. Um, but here's the thing. So <clears throat> here, here's what happened on Thursday night. I bought all those games on the Steam sale. Yep. I was all excited about it. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get this, 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 this. I bought like five games. Um, and played them. I had a great time. I checked my bank balance before I did that. I'm like, oh, I got like over 500 bucks in here. I'm freaking golden. This is great. <laughs> right? Yeah. The next day, I go through the line at Save a Lot with a bunch of groceries and shit. No, actually, I think it might have even been Monday. I can't remember. It doesn't Monday, matter. Monday, Monday. And uh, my card gets declined. And I that's an embarrassing thing when that happens. To yes. You. Yeah. It's fucking mortifying. We're talking to poor people here. So, like, I'm yeah. sure we've all been through oh, the yeah. Yeah. crossing your fingers at the checkout counter. So, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I didn't think there was anything wrong because the last night I checked my balance. I'm like, everything's cool. I forgot my mortgage payment. Oof. Which which all $530 of it. Poof. Big big oof. Yeah. Leaving me (laughs) with $9. (laughs) And then the next day I got billed for something in my stash capital for saving money in stash. Yeah. I got billed for another dollar. (laughs) So then I had $8. (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) I was just like, look at that. Exactly. I'm like, well, at least I got nine dollars. And then I look at it like, you have eight dollars. Fuck! God damn it! That's perfect. Uh, so oh, I'm no. really, really bad at money, and uh, it's yeah. driving me insane. And I think so. I'm going to try to approach this from a different angle because this only for the last several months have I actually had any handle on it at all. Yeah. For like basically years, it's just been like, like. Try not to spend, but eventually spend too much and cross my fingers and hope all the bills get paid. Yeah. That's like all I did for years. That's my whole life, dude. Yeah. yeah. No, I know that feeling. So right now, I um, for the last couple of months, I've been keeping a spreadsheet of like, this is what I have to spend. And this is when it has to come out. And this is what has to get paid in this two-week pay period. And then this is what's going to be in the next two-week pay period. Yeah. And like documenting this like very carefully. Um, and now I think I'm about to step up to another level here because I just signed up with the, have you guys ever used the mint app mm-hmm. mint? I don't think I have. No. So it's cool. Cause you can sign into your, like your bank account, your credit card accounts, your student loan accounts, all these different accounts. You can sign into them through mint and hmm. then, and it basically tracks when your bills are going to be due, what they are, what you got in the bank, what you spent, what you spent it on, uh, yeah. ca- categorically based on like, you know, so you can look and be like, wow, I spent, uh. I spent four hundred dollars on hot pockets this month. That's kind of out of control. Only four hundred, like, like you do. <laughs> oh, that's great! <laughs> yeah. oh, so oh, twice I, that. I got another couple hundred in the hot pocket budget. <laughs> yeah, um, hot pockets. So yeah, it just tells you what you're doing and what you're spending on. And I and I want to get better at this. Good old roadkill and barbecue sauce hot pockets. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I, I hate their fucking barbecue. just fire starting beads. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never had the barbecue honestly. I always sucks. I always do the ham and cheese, my dude. Honestly, no, pizza, honestly gotta go pizza pocket. Pizza eh. with the the uh, buttery crust kind of thing or yeah, whatever dude, it is. A, a buttery crispy flake <laughs> baked in a buttery crispy flake. Diarrhea, buttery in a sleeve <laughs> baked in a buttery crispy crust. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just trying to get better at this. That's my whole point. Is like I have been bad at this for so fucking long. And I'd like to get to a point where, like, if I suddenly lost my job, I could coast for a hot second. Right. That's not possible right now. Like, right now, I am, like, a dude at the very end of the rope. And if a (laughs) tiny, like, wave comes over me, I drown. Yeah. That's not fun. Anyway. (laughs) But you you don't, though, because you, you... 
like you know like your parents and your friends would would yeah, help absolutely. out and yeah. I don't know. I mean like I couldn't ask anyone to do that shit. Well, you, you you, that's the ask. thing you wouldn't you wouldn't you need to ask. ask. Yeah, we'll, we'd yeah. figure it out. We'd figure something out. I don't know out. if anyone can be you know what I mean. It just you can't we're all poor. you're saying no. that we're all poor and we No, I'm saying like you can't rely on anyone to like no, I don't know. I'm not saying we would like pay your mortgage forever, but I'm saying we wouldn't <laughs> let you lose the house. Right. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't <laughs> let you fucking like. Unless yeah. you want to lose the house. Oh, yes. I'd like to crash and burn spectacularly. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, like, like you got a, you got a job offer from Google one time. I think you're good. I didn't. I absolutely didn't. I applied to a job and they never wrote me back. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. They. I thought you. You got like a letter from them, and it, and it said like, come out to our place and and no, look around and. What are you thinking of? I don't know what I'm. Th- I thought I fucking. I don't know. That, Fuck. Man. That never happened to me. <laughs> well, you have like all those award-winning beers that you make. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And I got that glowing crystal. That's true. You do. I got that magical crystal. And you got it. a huge dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. No, if I ever need to, I could just, you know, you like swap uh, that thing out and look at it for like an hour. It's <laughs> perfect. Just stare at it ah, in the dim moonlight. That's better. Take a look at my enormous penis <laughs> and my troubles start a man away. Oh god! You I got, can't. I can't do that. Like you, I you just got Armstronged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen beams of sea. Dan Houser too. <laughs> they can't believe. Neither, Neither can you. you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, that's it. Just trying to get better at money. Trying not to be uh, so. Dramatic. Are you still talking? Uh huh. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Here's the other thing before Look, I'm off this topic. Oh, let's just get to me because it's way more important. <laughs> like, on paper, this shouldn't be hard. Like, no. you, ever, you ever sit down and write down your bills? Yeah, to and, you're come and you're like, okay, on paper, it's like easier than it is when I live it. Yeah, but yeah. you're not accounting for like enjoying the, life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. All the little shit all yeah, the right. time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, have um, to, you still want to enjoy your life. I guess. I don't know. I guess I want to enjoy I my mean, life. I you, mean, like, it's going to be hell if you just focus. Right. You know, you, yeah. every once in a while, you know, you want beer and like. Yeah, I don't know, like high class prostitutes. Yeah, and like Cheez-Its and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Cheez-Its on the prostitutes. <laughs> oh fuck, dude. Yeah, that's I, my fetish. I, I was, Snorting Cheez-It crumbs off a high class <laughs> car girl's ass. <laughs> getting that, getting that Just nacho rush. Covering a woman entirely in nacho dust. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck, dude. Yep, that's fucking great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just think about that. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so on a slightly more depressing note, I'm All gonna right. I'm gonna bring the mood down here. Um, I am fucked. How fucked oh, are you? I'm so fucked. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. I'm, I'm fucked because um, uh, there's a lot of shit in this country that sucks, and one of those things is how expensive it is to get medicine that you need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my dad, as you know, after you know he had his heart attack. Yeah. Uh, he's on like a regiment of stuff, and then he hurt his. You know, we I talked about it on the show. He hurt his back this last. Uh, was he had sciatica the, over like the entire course of like. Christmas and you know for several months after through his birthday yeah. and he's only just now starting to get back to normal like we're going out and playing golf and you can you know uh, and it's still not perfect but it's so much better that you know 
than it was. Right. But okay, so he's on um, Medicare, Medicaid. I can't remember Medicare. I think. Yeah, uh, probably. I think it's Medicare. As a re- as a retired. Yeah, yeah, Medicare, that's yeah. Medicare. So uh, I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna spare you guys the uh, insanity of explaining how Medicare works and how the donut hole works in Medicare. The donut hole. Yeah. So it's basically like you. They cover your prescription drugs up to a certain amount. And then you have to pay the full price for them, and you have to spend a certain amount of money to get out of. They call that the donut hole. Yeah, right. And you have to spend it's like a the gap in coverage. Correct. You have to spend a certain amount of money to get out of the donut hole, and then they start covering things again. And it's like cyclical. It happens. They call it the donut hole because it just keeps happening round and round and round. Yeah. Forever, basically. It's fucking stupid. It is it stupid. Is. So, Dad's Ugh. medicine he has two prescriptions that are over four hundred dollars. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Ugh. Um. Which are like, you know, <laughs> you know, it's important to have it, but he's in the he's stuck in the donut hole right now. So they're in the process of buying a house. Actually, I think they just signed the papers today, oh. um, you know, trying to get a, a little bit more settled and something that's a little easier than a two story jaunt upstairs to the, you know, yeah, to the apartment and going to have somewhere cozy and nice to stay. And he's stuck in the middle of donut hole and uh He's been like surviving off of like free sample prescriptions because that's, you know, what you have to do if you still need the medicine. Yeah. And it's to the point now where it's like he's going to have to stop taking it because they can't afford to spend $480 on prescriptions, two different prescriptions. <laughs> Who the fuck can? No one can. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. This is a guy with a pretty good pension, a pretty good 401k. He's, yeah. like, he's got retirement benefits, you know, yeah, but he's like- collecting Social Security. You know, like it's not like they're it's not like it's uncomfortable, you know what I mean? But it's still just not enough to cover Yeah. It's it's a huge expense. This is that's the big problem in this country too is like the the argument never focuses on that. The argument over healthcare is like is over like, well, who should pay? Who should pay for healthcare? Should it be the taxpayer or should it be the individual (laughs) person for their own shit? Mm -hmm. But no it's it's devious because it shifts the argument away from the real issue, which is why are drugs in this country specifically so goddamn expensive? Yes, exactly. Yeah, when they're not when they're not comparably expensive in other places, at least mm. not all of them. Capital- I, I don't have enough information on this. Yeah, it's an, it's an absolute scam. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is 100 percent a scam. There's a reason that like drugs are anywhere between uh, 30 and like 800 percent cheaper in Canada. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like it's 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 just it's out of fucking control here. Out of control. And like yeah. if it's to the point where and you, you should never have to face financial ruin to get medicine that you need. Right. Yeah. And it's just it's just disgusting. All it is is greed. You know what I mean? Greed and money. Um, is this ever going to fucking stop? I don't think so. I don't know. Like, I feel like at some point we, we like. Well, we keep having a chance to like fix it, and we keep fucking it up. I don't know. Like at least twice, like America has had like a direct like confrontation with the possibility of free healthcare for everybody. Yeah, at least twice. And neither time the first the first time was an absolute non-starter, and the second time we got to compromise. It doesn't work for everybody. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Know. I, don't I don't have a problem paying a lot more in taxes to get. Healthcare. I'm paying a lot now to get my private insurance. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, same. And I still have to pay a fuckload if I, God forbid, anything ever happens. Mm -hmm. I like it's to the point now where, like, to afford to live, I pay enough in insurance. I'm thinking about just fucking canceling my insurance. 
Oh, God. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Like what you that's mean. that's an entire generation of people who are like, yeah. and I I have friends who've done that. Just like, no, that's yeah. What, do do people not like genuinely see nothing wrong with the fact that like every other week you'll see like you know visit visit little Kaylee's Kickstarter. She has cancer and and yeah, there we have no money, so you have to fund it for us. Yeah, right. It, yeah, it's insane. When we could yeah. just be collectively funding healthcare. Period. Yeah. Correct. Correct. We could be doing that. Yeah. And and uh, uh, when when we could be like putting people in office who will actually do something about the costs. Never going to happen. And, and yeah. it's 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 again, the, the question is not like who should be paying for it. The question is, why is it so goddamn expensive here specifically? Capitalism. Yeah. yeah. Capitalism. Unchecked capitalism. Correct. Here's the thing that's been getting my attention lately. Um, as crazy as this proposal sounds, and I'm still not sure I'm on board with this dude, Andrew Yang. Yang gang. Hashtag Yang gang. Hashtag Yang gang. <laughs> Yang gang. The thing is, this universal basic income thing Correct. that he's floating, and other people have floated. Thousand bucks think, a month. Yeah. And I think they've actually experimented with in places, and actually it does. It seems, it works. To, it seems to be good, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that, what I really like is that he plans on funding it with, among other things, a value-added tax. Correct. You know what a value-added tax is? Because mm-hmm. I didn't. I had no. to look it up. I do not know mm-hmm. what that is. A value-added tax, the genius of it is that it solves this problem we have where so much work has been lost to automation, right? And okay. then And then nothing came to really replace that for most people. So in place of all these workers, you have machines doing things people used to do. And the idea of a value-added tax is that you tax on the production of something at every phase where value is added yes. to the product. Correct. So in other words, if you take a bunch of you know molten or you, t- you take a bunch of like iron ingots and you s- smelt them into something else, you've added value to the product. You've made a thing. There's a tax there. You take that and you machine it and you make it into like a plate metal and you've added value there. Then you take that and you assemble it into a car frame. You've added value there. And all these steps along the way where the machines are doing these things to increase the value of a thing – there's a tax paid, and ultimately that money comes back to the American consumer. Yes. Here's here's the the problem I I have with that. <clears throat> What's to stop a manufacturer from removing value adding steps in the process to make a shittier product, and therefore just having having more stuff imported? Uh, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. That would be a question for Andrew Yang. The thing <laughs> yeah. is, well, you can't you can't get enough of that from him on the debate because he didn't get asked enough questions. Yeah, you, you got asked like one and a half questions. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to you have to you have to speak. You know, you'd have to get it directly from the horse's butthole. You yeah, know, right. <laughs> reach way up there. And- Get it right from the Armisen's pussy. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's like, what's to stop the consumer from just buying a product where there is no value-added tax from another country? See, here's the thing. That's that's already happening en masse right now. So You're you're already getting cheap shit from China and Korea. uh Trust me, I know. I, I sell a lot of it. We could also solve this with, like, you know, our import tariff policy or whatever. Correct. If we, if we decided that enough of that was happening, we could turn it around a different way. And I do happen sure. to agree. The One one of the things that I, I do like that Trump did is, like, he, he like, bullied China into yeah. the, the he like, raising, like, tax hiking. I think that's I think that's probably not a bad idea. I don't think it's the worst idea either. I don't yeah. know. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's there there because there is a massive problem with yeah uh manufacturing here and the jobs like the 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 jobs aren't people aren't evolved enough to to get with the program yet mm-hmm. they said by the year 2030 we, i'm sorry we're like getting off on a tangent here i'll try and wrap it up uh, they said by the year 2030 30 million jobs will be lost to yeah. automation 
Yeah. Um, well, That's a lot of jobs. Well, just wait till transportation is all done. Yeah, right. By, you know, uh, you know automated driving. Just Correct. Wait, wait right. until – that's one of the largest sources of employment in Correct. the United States Correct. is yeah. driving a truck. Right. Mm -hmm. What happens when we don't need that? Yeah. Yeah, it's like – isn't it like retail uh, then? You yeah, know what right. I mean? Yeah, like trucking. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Um, it's pretty crazy. Um, so the, the thing is to me, the idea of taxing the manufacturer – because of how much they have saved by having machines do this instead of people. I mean, when you take all those salaries or all those work hours out of account, how much money do you think these fucking companies have saved? Oh, yeah. And they right. pass none of that to the consumer. I mean, yeah. they pass a fraction that sweeten the pot a bit, get you to pick, buy their thing over someone else's thing. They just make the price point attractive enough, but they're still making hand over oh, fist. fist. Yeah, right. Yeah. And Tr trickle down economics is never ever work. It will never and fucking it will never work. work. Nah. It will never work. As long as <laughs> human greed is a thing, yeah. you'll never see that function. And the, the the way things are set up right now, that that greed is mm -hmm. is completely unchecked it, it, and unstoppable. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, and the thing is, on paper, it looks like a great plan Ooh. until you take into account the fact that <sighs> rich people typically don't give a fuck about working poor. No, they don't. You know don't what I mean? They don't right. think so. With few, with very few exceptions. With very few exceptions. Yeah. Um, but or they like to think they do. But I like to think they do. <laughs> and by the way. And by the way, let uh, me be clear. Deli mustard goes way better on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> on a nice Jewish rye. <laughs> let me be clear. Sorry. No, allow me to be. No, clear. please allow no, me to be clear. clear. Please. No, shut the fuck up. I want to be clear. <laughs> I am the one who's clear. Man, I want to be so clear. Oh, I'm gonna fuck. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna be so fucking clear, dude. Um, no, sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to get off on a tangent. Uh, no, I think that's all related to the conversation. Yeah. Bottom line, I don't think you should have to face, uh, you know, financial ruin in order to get medicine that you need. Yep. Um, yeah. Along with several other uh, lib cuck points that I can <laughs> continue to make. Uh, Warren 2020. Yeah. We'll see. Warren 2020. Right now, she's she's the one I'm actually looking at. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. What we need is to is to is for someone to start kidnapping rich people, <laughs> dumping them into the forests of the Pacific Northwest and hunting them for sport. If they die, you feed their remains to the poor. Oh. You, you solve you kill a lot of birds with one. Well, whatever weapon you choose, I suppose <laughs> it, it can be arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Arrows. Arrows really like. You can get pretty accurate with it, and it's super efficient, but it still hurts, and it's going to take a while for them to die. Right. You don't have to spend time digging bullets out of the meat either. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Good point. A modest proposal by Slam Hannigan. Yeah. Actually, you you can like you can char the arrow a little bit first, so you get that nice smoky flavor. No. <laughs> a modest proposal. In the middle of their lungs. <laughs> a modest proposal by uh, by Aerosmith. Let's be. Yeah. Let's be Eat real. Eat rich. <laughs> uh, well. 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 Well, I think it's time we uh, took our first break. Let's take a break. We will be back uh, with the topic at hand. Yeah, which I think you all don't want to. Spread. You think you all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's about our penises. Yeah. Oh, the topic this week is my fat dick. <laughs> oh, all right, we'll yeah. be back in a minute. Give me a break. Give me a break. Oh, break me off a piece of that football cream. <laughs> 
Welcome to the Three Dude Podcast. Hey, yeah. Uh, you can find us at threedudecast.com. If you're wondering whether that's spelled with the numeral three or the word three, the answer is yes. We're so proud of ourselves. We're so clever. We're such clever boys. Wow. <laughs> we switched hosting to Podbean. You can still find us on iTunes and Google Play. Mm-hmm. So give us a like. Yeah, give us a like. Give us a listen. Give us a review somewhere. Give, give us a sandwich. Give us a high five. Give us sponsorship. Please give us a hug. Give us that money. That's the uh, intro level music for our new video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's mm. that sure was something. <laughs> sure was. Uh, we're back. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Fucking what? Sorry. <laughs> excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> I had to leave my body, clearly. Mm. Hey, remember the time you lost your skeleton? Yeah, that was weird. Oh, I forgot about that. You lost all the bones in your body. Yeah. Yeah. And you really kind of liked it, too. You were all loosey-goosey. Yeah, it wasn't for that. me in the end. That is something that literally only us and maybe Bo, who listens to this <laughs> podcast, remembers. Yeah, probably no, probably almost nobody remembers that. Yeah. It's, it's just like you and maybe Bo, if he remembers. We had a lot of fun on YouTube. We did have a lot of fun on YouTube. I don't think we're done with YouTube. We're not done with YouTube because we could be making so many more funny like sketches and Mm -hmm. dumb shit. Yeah. 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 We did the like a rock stuff on YouTube. Yeah, we did. Which is really funny. Yeah, we we did two of them. Yeah, two, two of them. funny thing. Funny, funny, funny thing about the the like a rock. I was thinking about that joke today. Yeah, I was thinking about how far it has shifted. Yeah, because it was initially. Like the thing that a lot of you know, you know, a lot of people don't know yeah. about Alan Tudyk. Yes, but two that, of them. But then it just became funny <laughs> thing about Alan Tudyk. Two of them. Two of them. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it hasn't come that far. It's basically the same. Yeah, no, it hasn't. <laughs> we just use it for everything now. That's, that's yeah, just difference. everything's got that's to the evolution. Yeah, that was the, that was your joke. Was yeah. it? <laughs> hey, you know, funny thing about Alan Tudyk. A lot of people don't know this. A lot of people don't know this. He's got uh, two of two them. Of them. <laughs> Alan two dick. You know what I like about that joke is you don't even have to say he has two dicks. No, you just say you just say two of them, and two people them. connect the dots so quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two dick. Alan two dick. Alan two dick. Two, two of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really funny, stupid joke. And let's not even get started on Charlie three penis. <laughs> That was yours and uh, TV's Matt Modine. Ah, yeah, TV's, TV's Matt, Matt Modine. Could that be TV's Matt Modine? <laughs> oh. Just like the most like obscure <laughs> B-list actor that they got to put on Stranger Things. My goodness, is that TV's Could Matt that Modine? Be, 
Oh, oh, mo he didn't. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> oh, mo he didn't. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, TV's Matt Modine. Uh, see how the eye goes to Modine. <laughs> how does he do it? <laughs> I'm mo done with this. <laughs> <laughs> he mo did what you mo can't. I don't know. What a <laughs> stupid, stupid thing. Yeah. Hey, anyway, everybody, we're back. Yeah. I said that weird. Woo. Hey, anyway, everybody, we're hey, back. Hey, <laughs> fucking we weirdo. are. What a fucking weirdo. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, that reminds me. Dustin doesn't listen to this podcast, but he said something so funny to somebody <laughs> the other day. Okay. And he realized how weird it was that he said it. Okay. I want to know what it was. And he had to apologize. He's like, I'm sorry. That was really weird. He was trying to explain, like, the... Um, uh, like the overdubbing effect on Japanese movies. Um, and he's like, it kind of looks like, like, uh, m- my lips reach your eyes before my mouth. Or, or what do you say? It's kind of like, it's like my lips reach your eyes before the sound from my lips reaches your ears. <laughs> That was really weird. I'm sorry. I get what he's, he's trying. He's, to, he's trying to convey audio and video being out of sync. Correct. Right? Yeah, he was. He was. Expl- it's like my lips reach your eyes. <laughs> he said that to a person that he was talking to, like trying to solve something. Like a, like a and he's like, yeah. And he's like, I looked away from him, and then I looked back, and I'm like, that was really weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like my lips reach your eyes before. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's so funny to me. Your lips will not touch my eyes, sir. <laughs> and frankly, I'm goddamn pissed off about this. Um, That's a very weird way to say that. Yes. Why would he say it that way? <laughs> Why wouldn't you just say you see it before you hear it? That's so much easier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. Uh, I don't. I just don't know. I don't know either. I just don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, Dave. Yeah, oh, I just don't know, Dave. <laughs> oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, yeah, what I'm, the hell are you guys I'm both res- doing? I told you my, my father uh, uh, and, and Bethany are moving. Yeah, right. And they need help moving. And oh, I just, really? When, when are they? Mo- well, you said they just closed today, so. Be they like did, yeah. Pretty soonish. <laughs> pretty yes. soonishly. I remember when I bought this place. I feel like it was like, like less than a month. Yeah, I, right. I was moving in. Like, yeah, it's, it, it kind of like goes quicker it's, than you think. It's very quick. Yeah. The worst part of buying the house for me was like the uncomfortable like forty five minutes you got to spend in front of a lawyer who's t- pointing out all the X's you got to sign on. That's what he said. It was it was a phone book worth of a contract. It's insane. There's so many things, and you can't read them. You can't. No, you can't. It's not possible. It is impossible for you to read. You have no idea what you're signing. Right. Your life away. You have signed your life away. Right. I mean, <laughs> those contracts could say anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, once a once a month, Carrot Top gets to come and take a shit on your chest. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you, fi- you finally finish signing. And he goes, all right. And he starts unbuttoning his shirt. And you're like, what? He's like, well, you didn't read the contract, did you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, spread those ass cheeks. Let's, let's go. Well, you signed on page 58. He... I assumed you knew what you were getting into here. <laughs> it sounds like a lot. Well, just uh, spread those ass cheeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get on. Like, <laughs> like wow, Obama uh... or my old, our old boss, Paul. Oh, oh yeah. well, what are you talking about? What the hell's the matter with you? Oh, no. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Spread those ass cheeks. Can you get that done? What the <laughs> matter with you? That was a matter with <laughs> Very similar. The oddest thing about him was the fact that, like, he would do the thing that we that do. That he was like- Greek. <laughs> 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 
Sorry. No. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it was that he would do that thing where you like, you know, you like sing some lyrics back, yeah. you know, whatever. But like he would just say very plainly the lyrics of the song yeah, that right. was on right now. Oh, yeah. And are you okay, babe? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, just like mutter, <laughs> mutter the lyrics to you. Who is this? There's a uh, former manager. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, over at uh, over at Merck's. Merck's. Uh, Merck's. It's just a very <laughs> odd thing that he did. I think he's back. I think he's uh, di- from outer space. He's a district boss. I oh, really? Know. Yeah. So he's moving uh, up. Yeah. God, I do, I do not miss working there. I don't either. Still have nightmares about it. Devin still works there. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's like a leader now, which oh, is cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's moving in charge. Moving up. Moving on up. Um, we're not going to do that. Hey, anyway, we uh, <laughs> we had a uh, a prior topic set out for this episode. As yes. I said before, I'm going to yeah. skip as bad as it gets this week, although I do have one for the next time, so I will keep that primed and ready to go. Okay. But for brevity's sake, we're going to try very hard here to uh, stay on pace and not uh, bore the shit out of you with this. Uh, so the topic, gentlemen, is the very first ever Three Dudes Debate. I have no idea how this is going to go. I have no idea how this is going to go da, either. The Mutual of Omaha presents Three Dudes Debate. Debate, yes. Um, so uh, we had, the. in case you guys didn't listen, Tyler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I single he's like, that. oh, he's t- telling me something that happened like months ago on the podcast. I'm like... Yeah, dude, I know. I was there, and that's a long time ago. You're way out of uh, sync here. The thing is, like, months ago is, like, maybe two episodes ago. I know. Ago. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> um, but what, what, in case you missed the last uh, couple episodes, we had decide, I had decided on the topic, um, and then uh, we, we slowly but surely revealed all of our topics to each other uh, in an attempt to prep to know what we're getting into. I suspect that none of us <laughs> have done very much research. Eh, not really. A little, little bit. A little bit. Not really. It's it's difficult to do when when the entire thing is going to be predicated on opinions, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, we try to do a little homework, though. Yeah. A yeah. tiny bit. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know. Homework. Um, but yeah, we the the entire point was that we would try and prep for this, which we've done. <laughs> I have um, I have notes. Do you? I have notes. I have notes right here and uh. right here. In this beer can that I'm holding up <laughs> that no one can see because it's a sight gag that nobody can see. Ah, I have notes right in this 12-ounce can. And those notes say, feel you good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my topic was... Um, <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> yeah, how are you going to oh, do this? Getting... Sorry, I'm so fucking farty tonight. <laughs> are you know, still farting over I'm there? still farting. There's something wrong. Dude, the dog got closer to you after you fart. I think he's really into your farts. Well, good, because he's he's in for a treat. He keeps getting closer. He's like, look, he's like, come on, bring him, dude. Reader, please yeet. You're in for a treat. <laughs> it's my... It's my. <laughs> Is that is R- that like R.L. Stein? Yeah. <laughs> Please meet. You're in for a treat. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I don't know what you're doing. Either. So my topic was, and again, to, to predicate this, to predicate this. What am I talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? I don't about? know. To set this up for the audience, uh, uh, you don't have to believe in the topic that you chose. You just have to defend it. Uh, the topic that I chose. Uh, was that country music songwriters mm. are the best songwriters in the the realm of popular music? All right, Dave. If I remember correctly, your topic was that life as a child in the '90s 
is objectively way worse than life as an adult today. Yep. Correct. Mm. Uh, ben, I, you know what? I thought I was going to forget yours because I, <laughs> I told several people what yours was and I just blanked on it right here. So why don't you tell the people what your uh, defense was? Uh, professional bowling is the is one of the best, if not the best, spectator televised spectator sport. Yes, I remember. Boy, am I going to have fun with that one. Um, <laughs> so it depends on where we would like to start, gentlemen. The, the format for this debate tonight is that you will have a two minute opening to start. Uh, it'll be and you'll have 25 minutes total of basically getting hammered with uh, questions from the okay. others, too. OK, um, I've been spending a lot longer than that getting hammered. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll say we'll say, OK, we'll say two and a half minutes to open, two and a half minutes to close. And then right. the center portion is the uh, group pretty much hounding you and you having to defend it. OK, during those two and a half minute open and closing segments, the other two are not allowed to say anything at all. You uh, <laughs> get to begin. Um you know, pretty much as 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 you want without interruption. Cool. So I leave it to the table. Um, Let me get my timer ready. I was say, and we you, will... want me to, you want me to you want me to time this thing? If you're gonna if you're gonna start, are you gonna start? Who's starting? Um, How's this work? Well, do we get to be clear? You let me be clear. I want to be. I would like to be clear. Is that Dave, all right? since you've got notes, we're gonna start with you. Yeah, I, right. I was gonna open it up, but I think we're gonna go with you. Okay. You <clears> let <throat> me know when you're ready for that two all and right. a half minutes. Okay. So. Please start. Um, so, yes, as I said, being an adult right now is way better than being a child in the 90s. I have several reasons for this. Hmm. I broke them down into five main categories. Number one, getting anywhere, getting places. Uh, when you were a kid, what was your travel radius? How far could you realistically ever get without someone else's help? Mine was probably about five miles. I did. I looked at a map and I tried to figure out exactly how far I could actually get on a bike. Five miles. Uh, going to a neighboring city was a big deal. And you had to convince someone else to take you. That was mm -hmm. a pain in the ass. But sure. by contrast, today, if I want to, as an adult, I can get as far away as Central Park, New York City, and back in one day. If I want to do that, I can do that. And I don't have to ask anyone else for help. I don't have to bother someone. I can do it myself. Two. School is significantly shittier than work. Uh, it's your job, but nobody pays you to do it. You can't quit. Even the good parts are overshadowed by this fact. <laughs> it's exhausting. Um, I can't stay awake through a full day meeting at work. I don't know how kids stayed awake through you know all of school, right? Yeah. Um, imagine you can't quite do your job very well, so your boss calls your mom and your mom yells at you. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. All right. Number three, a short list of things that didn't exist before the year 2000. Any Xbox, the accelerator hand dryer, any camera phone, Chipotle, anywhere except Colorado, Steam, the energy drink, the Baconator. Ooh. <laughs> uh, number four, all the swearing. Uh, back in the day, you couldn't really get away with swearing. I know this can't just be me. It wasn't just kids. People didn't tolerate a lot of swearing in public. I remember this distinctly. Um Starting in 1999, Chicago Hope was the first show to say shit on network television. South Park did an episode about that. Um, cable TV put a bigger <laughs> dent in it, but I, as a rude dude, I appreciate this. Number five, nostalgia lies. Everything they bring back sucks. Surge, French Toast Crunch, etc. Never as good as you remembered it, and I think I'm over time. You're not. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm 20, good? 25 seconds. All right. So, <laughs> okay. Anything you want to do in closing? Yeah. Uh, Oreo O's, not that good. You're not <laughs> buying them. The Tamagotchi, <laughs> have you bought one since they brought it back? Um, 
These, nostalgia lies to us. It is way better to be an adult with your own disposable income, do whatever the fuck you want, than it is to be a kid on someone else's rules. I don't get grounded. I don't have to keep secret shit. Okay. Okay. So, for your opening statement, um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. We're, we're, I think we should. The best way to approach this, Ben, is to try and segment it piece by piece. <sighs> there was there was one thing in particular stuck out to me. What were the things that you said invented after the year 2000 that that uh, it's good that we have? One thing stuck out to me, and I can't remember what it was. Uh, the Xbox, the accelerator hand dryer, ah, all ah, camera phones. No, 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 no. You're really gonna bring up hand dryers yes. as a defense. Those things suck. Those things Thank fucking you. rule. Uh, they get bacteria all they actually get your hands dirtier. That's true. Bullshit. No, they really, they they blow really bacteria do. Proven. all over your yeah, hands. Yeah, they're bacteria farms. I, I am very skeptical of this. Now I will give you this. The Dyson hand dryer is significantly better than any of the other like Excel mm-hmm. uh, heat dryers. It still doesn't beat a good old fashioned paper towel. But I will tell you that if you use the shake and fold method with a paper towel, which I do because they took the paper towels out of our bathroom at work. Okay. You leave the bathroom, you go into the adjacent janitor's closet, you shake all the water off, as much of the water off your hands as you can, you grab a little sliver of paper towel and you fold it over twice. It plies the paper towel. Okay. You can get your hands just as dry that way. And it's okay. All right. I'll have to try that next time. Yeah. Shake okay. and fold. I saw somebody on a TED talk do that one time, and I've been doing it for like six years. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you compare the accelerator hand dryer to the average hand dryer, it still never, sucks. And ever doesn't... got your hands dry. Never got your hands Neither dry. Neither does the accelerator. Sure it does. No, no. You do that no. shake thing. You hold your hands under there for maybe 15 the seconds. The only one that I, I've ever had that worked as as good as you would expect it to is the Dyson hair dryer. And those are only in the good airports. <laughs> um, All right. Um, so, okay, let's uh, let's go. Let's go from the beginning. Your first point that you brought up was travel radius. Travel radius. Which is, you said, roughly five miles by bike. Yeah, it's just about. That's the sure. radius. That's now, five miles out and back. I will grant you that uh, you are severely limited as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I will also make the argument that it's less important to you when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Typically, most of the friends that you know at school are within a small enough radius that it's not mm. super difficult to either a reach them, you know, from your homestead by yourself, or b, you know, hitch that ride from somebody to get over there. Well, sure, but that's like we're talking like that's that's why five miles isn't that big a deal, but sure. thirty miles, it's like there's a part of the world is inaccessible to you. Sure. And that does matter because there's things that don't happen in your little town. You know, there's things that only happen in Cleveland. Pittsburgh. But but like when you're a child, did you <clears throat> really like sometimes were you that into migrating out there? Well, like, you know, case in point, we we both were at the same Weird Al concert when we were kids, Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty well outside my biking distance on average. I could sure. have maybe sure. made that. But also, like, you know, how am I going to get tickets and shit like that? Like, you need adults yeah. to help you with every Sure. Yeah, but that's that's your formative years. That's what those years are for. You're supposed to be dependent on someone to show you the way. Yeah. In order to, you know, function then as an adult later. Right. I guess the point I'm making, though, is just your world is very small without having to bother somebody. And what if your parents don't care about the shit you want to go do out there? Sure. The ride doesn't happen. The thing doesn't happen. You really you have to count on convincing people around you that something is worth their money and time. (laughs) That's just called growing up, bud. Yeah, I mean, again, that's one of those things that I I think like money and time money wise, especially 
you know, because I had stuff that I asked my dad for that was like, I know as a if I was a parent, I would say, no, that's fucking stupid. That's why would I do that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yeah. you have to try and like explain that to kids and give them that concept. Otherwise, they're just going to be like Martin Shkreli, <laughs> you know, just buying <laughs> shit for the, you know, I, uh, right. to, to, Pharma bro. to expand on the idea that it's not as important when you're when you're a kid uh, to travel, uh, you know, it really is because you're still you're still learning about all the shit that you can do within your own personal sphere. There's a point, I would say, maybe around your early to mid teens where where it stops being that exciting and you start thinking about other places. But I would say I would say growing up in the 90s, like I was perfectly content, like like just learning what I could in, in my sphere, you know? Yeah, yeah I um, guess so. Learning, uh, you know, even just seeing videos of places and, and you know, establishing that initial interest in them. It's actually the going places that that uh, you kind of need to you need a bit more maturity to do. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like maybe it wasn't as important as a kid to travel out and go do things that are farther. Sure. Away. Right. Maybe it wasn't. But. Still, the fact that it was basically a non-option in a lot of scenarios. Sure. The thing is, you're looking at that with adult eyes now. Think about kid eyes. Kids don't. Kids have a concept of the bubble that they're in. Think about children's eyes. <laughs> I, I don't have to. I have. Think about a big old. I've got, bucket a, I've of got a jar eyes. of them in my, in right. my closet. <laughs> Think about kids' eyes. Stuffed in what vinegar. Are, how do they squish in the palm of your hand? <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's 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 take a look at the second point you made here. That school okay. is a lot shittier than work. I cannot I cannot debate that. <clears throat> yeah, I don't uh, I don't have a counter. That's a very for that. difficult. The only counter that I can come up to mm -hmm. for that is that school is, or at least as it was designed in this country, a way to you know throughout the industrial age for the U.S. Yeah. a way to prepare children for. Uh, becoming American workers, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. That's it's a regimented system where you have a correct. lot of boxes. But school in the 90s doesn't do that. That's true. Mm -hmm. So I will give you I will give you a point for that one, sir. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, that is a tough argument to make because I ag happen to agree with that. I think most anybody who tells you that that was the best time of your life is just wrong. Because well, yeah. um, you can have just as much fun at work if you're surrounded by people that don't suck. Correct. Which is right. the only good things about right. school as a kid, other than the subjects you actually liked. Yeah, sure. The only um, part you really remember is interacting with people. People that either made you laugh or yep. you, they had fun with. Another advantage to school: you can't be fired from school. That's true. You're you can't be fired, well, but you can't quit. You can't quit either. <laughs> That's um, a good point. Yeah. That is a very difficult point to argue. I'll give you one more icing on the cake here. Uh, take any school lunch you liked, your favorite school lunch, and then tell me you wouldn't rather have a crunch wrap instead. <sighs> because you can't Yo. pick where you have lunch in school. You can't do it. Even your favorites are not really your favorites. So in, in light of you making a good point, uh, let me move on to the next one that I can counter. All right. Um, you said that there was a lot of tech that didn't exist back then. That's true. To that, I would counter. There was a lot of tech that didn't exist back in the 80s, and people still made do and had fun. Oh, sure. You but go, this, is, you, this isn't about whether the 80s are better than the 90s. No. I'm just saying that, that tech is subjective to the era that you're living in. True. Yeah. So there, there's no way to say that, that like, being an adult now with the tech that we have – uh, 
Because because you got to contextualize it in the '90s, like how mm-hmm. you know how how the hell am I supposed to know that that a, a game as lifelike as mm-hmm. as like you know the the new battlefields were ever going to be made when when the best that we had was Goldeneye and exactly. Doom, right? Um, right. You know there was no way for us to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that's true. But, I guess I should be. Uh, let me be a little more laser focused. The Baconator didn't exist. Sure, let's come back to that one. Like there are objectively <laughs> things right now. That you might not want to live in a world without. <laughs> yeah, but but dude, here's the thing: we still had the Dave's classic double, and we still That's had true. a Big Mac. That's true. Back when the Big Mac was good. Yeah, I I think hmm. honestly, I think the fundamental flaw with this point is that is that you're you're talking about retrospective context, which isn't really fair to the point you're trying to argue against. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Like like like. The value that we place on the the years of our past and it, it, the 90s specifically in this case mm-hmm. is based upon the context in which we were living at the time. I think it's kind of unfair to, to be like, you know, well, you know, how like it'd be like saying, how was anyone happy in the 1700s? They didn't have indoor plumbing or electric <laughs> lights. They had no right to be happy then. Well, it's you not know. saying the 90s is bad. It's saying it's better now. And that's my point. I'm not saying the 90s sucked. I'm saying it's better now. You're, you're saying it's better to be an adult now than a kid then. Yes. All right. I got a big point. Big, fat, stupid point for you. <laughs> okay. uh, you didn't have to really pay bills when you were a kid. That's true. You didn't have to uh, worry about uh, finding and maintaining a job. You didn't have to worry about if you were going to have food in your refrigerator um, you didn't have to worry about, you know, repairing a car. You just had to worry about being a kid. That said, you didn't have money, couldn't spend money, and had very little personal choice in what you acquired for yourself. Sure. Again, though, but that that's all <laughs> formative. That's something that everybody went through. Sure. Um, I'm just saying it's better. I'm just saying it's better to the worry <laughs> the, with the worries and anxieties of being an adult comes the fact that if I want to, I could stay up all night drinking sure. Mountain Dew and no one can tell me no. That's a good point. <laughs> I, I and I like I've I've I had I remember when I <clears throat> years ago when I first met Trisha's brother, I w- I spent the night over there because uh, there was like something that we were doing the next day, and I uh, got myself a big bowl of ice cream for breakfast. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, that looks good. Can I have some ice cream?" And I said, "No." Nope. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, why do you get to have it?" And I said, "Because I'm a grown ass man and I can do whatever I want. <laughs> right. Give it a couple years." Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I understand that though, but like, the, like uh, I wouldn't say that the 1700s were a horrible time to be alive. No. But I would say I'd much prefer to be alive in the 90s. And I would say between the two, I'd rather be a a grown up now than a kid in the 90s. Would you rather be a grown up now or a grown up in the 90s? Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Think about that. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I mean, this, that isn't the topic, but I'm willing to engage it, right? Right. Well, just it's as an aside. Yeah, it's, um, yeah just it as, is interesting. Just as an aside. I don't know. That's a good do you, question. Do you think being an adult would have been better or easier in the 90s compared to now? Your dollar went further. Mm-hmm. Sure. Employment prospects were objectively better. Um, the first black president was in office. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Was, uh, George <laughs> Bush Sr. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, no. yeah, yeah, Bill, yeah, right. Yeah, Billy Slippery Willie. Bill, Bill Clinton was president, and that was you got to turn on the news and hear tawdry sex details for a yeah, large right. chunk yeah. of that. That was great. Mm-hmm. That was great. Um, I don't know. I think in some ways it would have been better to be an adult in the '90s than an adult now. Maybe. I mean, um, like we have access to a lot more now, but also like the the mental tax of like knowing everything we have to know all the time because of how much information is fed to us. I don't know. Yeah. Not as much information was fed to us in the nineties. Yeah. Right. And that was pretty great. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, sure. I don't know. But let's getting back here. Like, all right, let's just go to the next point. You said you brought up swearing, swearing. Yeah. I I, I wrote, all right, that's pretty good on my sheet when you brought up swearing. (laughs) But I mean, did you really swear any less when you were a kid? Yes. Did you? Totally. Yeah, I, I know I did, but only because I didn't have as many creative ways to use them. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. But yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's no there's not as much context for it because you you're, you you can't just let loose whenever the, the hell you want. You fucking prick. Um, <laughs> Here's a point on this. How often today do you hear anyone, if you swear, someone unironically say language yeah, good point. <laughs> that happened a lot back then. I and now if people do that, it's kind of a joke. Yeah, sure. Right? I I, I will give you that. That's an interesting point. Cultural attitudes towards swearing. And again, I'm a dirty dude. I like a lot of, to say a lot of dirty shit yeah. because I'm I don't know, I'm broken that way. I mean, <laughs> I will tell you though that when I was a kid, when you're when you're out and it's just you and your buddies, right? Yeah, right, sure. Um, yeah. You, you you get to like talk like a normal I'm just going to say like a normal person. Yeah. Like you get to talk like you're going to talk forever yeah. when South you're Park out. South Park definitely has the right of it. Yeah, yeah right. kids kids left to their own devices will just be cussing with each other right and they'll because first of all because it it provides them great amusement and then when and then when you're an adult cussing becomes a a kind of an intensifier yeah um Uh, here's it's like the the sprig of the sprig of parsley on the side of your your chicken francaise yeah yeah you don't think about the the, you don't think about your language as much as when you're when you're an adult because it just well, like, remember no one the, can yell at you about it. Yeah, for the most part, that's for what one. I mean. Because the F yeah. word is like you've already fallen into certain patterns and, right. and mannerisms in yeah. your speech. Well, you think about it like like there was, I think, a time where like people really kind of turned an eye if you said fuck. Yeah, right. I don't really feel like that's the case now. I feel like people kind of brush it off. I, I mean, like again, like like words like shit, which is like so soft on the curse word list right now. Yeah, right. sure. But they were unairable. That's a big. Deal. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, but are you? Is that necessary? I'm going to take like a conservative stance here. Is that necessarily a good thing? No, I. I the thing is, I find it to be neither a morally good or morally evil thing. I okay, think it's a, basically taking, a matter of pleasure. You're taking a neutral stance on it. Yeah. I see what you're saying. It's okay. just, it's just that it's fun. <laughs> I don't think it's good necessarily, <laughs> but I don't think it's hurting anything either. Okay, that's a fair point. Yeah, it's a it. It's not good necessarily, but it would be bad to to censor it. Yeah, certainly. That's a good point. Um, but it it's it's just a matter of like it it should be. It's not it's not like good to do it to excess. Sure. Because it makes you look like an idiot if you just if you just cuss every other word. Yeah. But but censoring it would be unequivocally bad. Like way worse than than you know proportionally right. to the good that we get from having it. Yeah. In the America that I want to live in. Freedom of speech means you can say curse words all day long. (laughs) 
I think there was a time where that was more of a taboo, for sure. I, stu- I no. still wouldn't do it in a job interview. Let myself. me ask you this. Through, adult, weird. through right. adult eyes, would you want to have kids walking around swearing all the time? I don't mind. It's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, now, um, now, no, it is, first of all, it is kind of funny. Well, like, what was that kid from uh, Fallout, uh, that uh, little mayor kid, who's like half of his dialogue was swearing? Mm. It was like, uh, I think it was Fallout 3. It was a little kid who was like the mayor of some little town. And just like, I watched watched one of those no clip documentaries because Dan turned me on to him, right? Yeah. And and they were talking about making, like they shifted basically 80% of the swears in the game over to this little kid (laughs) because it was funny. Yeah, it is it funny. Is fun. I'll give you that. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me, I'm gonna let you know. I'm calling an audible here. I'm gonna give you one minute at the end too. Okay. Because I think that's really all you need to, you know, conclude everything. Okay. I, I think too that that whatever curse words we have now that that kids might run around saying, um, we're always gonna come up with something worse. You know, there's always gonna be something profane, something that that will offend common sensibilities for right. you to say. Um, that kids just aren't allowed to say. Um, I remember. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I, I wasn't allowed to say crap. I'm sure kids uh, now don't <laughs> don't face the same scrutiny. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure crap is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. yeah sure. I, I guess to to argue against myself a little bit, just because this is all for fun. Anyway, yeah, it's open. Yeah. Is I I do I can envision a world in the future in which I'm much older and I hear younger kids say some some shit that's like like way dirty like yeah, stuff right. that pushes the envelope for me yeah casually and i'm like oh wait we went too far correct that's what i mean i can see that happening think about some <laughs> of the stuff that we say off mic on the show oh yeah where we're just trying to like you how know, dirty each other how dirty each other yeah. yeah which is a thing that adults specifically like adult men do yeah adult men and adult men who are um, interested in comedy now for picture one. like a, a <laughs> 10 year old doing that right exactly <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like I don't want to hear like an eight to ten year old kid tell the exorcist or uh, exorcist <laughs> the, uh, the aristocrats <laughs> joke. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's the exorcist although, joke? <laughs> although, real talk, a ten year old would probably be really funny at telling the I, aristocrats. I'd, I'd probably joke. die, but the thing is, like, the dirtier it got, the worse I'd feel. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, right? I would agree with that. Um, it would almost be it would almost be funnier the tamer it is. Like, and then the dog poops on the floor. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> see that, what I mean? Right. Now, see, yeah, 13, that's 13, 14 year old. D- boys they yeah. would go ham on that joke. yeah but the thing is like now envision like the the, the fact that the the, the, the blah, 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 god i stuttering <laughs> right there? Yeah. and then so, the dad has to pick up the dog poop with his sock <laughs> the aristocrats and he licks it yeah, and, they, he, and licks then he, it. he licks the poop <laughs> he licks the dog poop. well like picture for example like the thing is the aristocrats joke historically has like a lot of like not just obscenity but like like incest and uh, yeah. all kinds of really now, if you hear a kid making that joke, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> that's intense. Yeah, that's yeah. right. A lot. Now I could see a world in which I'm like, dude, yeah, that's you have a lot. blown right across the line of propriety. It's like too much for me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Usually when usually when you have a kid talking about incest, it's usually in the presence of a detective. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh. It's not something that you uh, (laughs) too real. Write that quote down for later. Um, All right, so let's move on to the next point. All right, next Uh, and final point. Shout out to Uncle Hansy. Yeah, right. Uh, Nostalgia sucks. Nostalgia, it lies. Nostalgia lies. lies. I, you know what? Um, In in support of your point, before I start uh, thoroughly eviscerating it like the complete bastard I am. Yes. um, I, I, uh, not all that long ago, maybe a few years ago. Uh, found that the original Power Rangers was on Netflix. Yeah. Yo, it sucks. I yeah. bet it does. It really fucking sucks. <laughs> it's the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. Right. Uh, 
it, it, <laughs> I, I, I just about lost it when uh, Jason, the Red Ranger, is like teaching a martial arts class, and he says, "Remember." Martial arts is not meant to hurt other people. Like, yes, it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's only for that. It's exclusively for hurting other it's people. Designed, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> That's now, too funny. Okay, so I will say that a lot of nostalgia sucks. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's pretty good, too, man. Okay. Think about this, right? We grew up in a, in a pretty gnarly video game era, right? Yes, we did. Most of the best games that have come out in the last six or seven years have been remakes of other older, better games. <laughs> okay. Think about that. Think about this past console launch and think about how terrible Everything has been except whatever Nintendo's doing, God of War, Spider-Man. <laughs> the things, That's that, came, it. The okay. things that came out in the 90s were absolutely genre-defying. Yes. Uh, defining is what I meant to say. Right. You, you know, you think of Ocarina of Time. Uh -huh. you, you think of Doom. You Cold think of uh, Quake. Uh, Quake. Absolutely. Well, okay, so, like, dumb question. Objectively, objectively, and this is for you to answer, what is better, Ocarina or wit or uh, not wind waker um breath of the wild breath of the wild breath of the wild is i haven't played breath of the wild so i don't know you have played through, the most i have yeah uh, i'm actually replaying breath of the wild through modern eyes breath of the wild is absolutely better mm, that's um, a good point uh through modern eyes 100% breath of the wild is better because it's <coughs> technically way more impressive yeah um, but, but you probably actually had more fun playing Ocarina now that I'm thinking correct. about it. Because it was, and uh, and moreover, mm -hmm. Majora's Mask, which was one of the most beautiful looking games yeah. ever. I'm, I'm willing to out. concede that one, actually. Um, well, now that's that I think good about because it, we are rapidly approaching oh, we your are. time. Oh, my God. Short on time here. You know, you know what the, the <laughs> trouble is, too, with, um, with uh, uh, the nostalgia thing is that so rapidly... Nostalgia is being monetized for the benefit of producers yes. in our day and age. Cynically. The, the, the Power Rangers movie that came out a few years ago. The, um, uh, what else has been going on? All, all the fucking Michael Bay Transformer movies. Mm -hmm. um, God, there's something else that they're, that they're bringing out, and I can't, I can't place for the oh, life of me what either. it is. Well, they're doing a Lion King remake, right? Yeah, yeah, they're remaking all the live action Disney movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is, yeah. Which is not good. There's Mulan. There's Little Mermaid. Yeah. Like all of these things. Unnecessary. Un absolutely <laughs> unnecessary. Give me new things. But I'm saying toys, candy, video games, which is stuff that were formative to us. Sure. A lot of that is pretty good when they. The Halo 2 remake is one of the most mind blowingly good looking things mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Also, a thing that happened after the year 2000. That's, that's true. All yeah. of Halo happened after that's the year a good 2000. point. Yeah, but I mean, you um, know, but you know, from nostalgia's sake, sure. Uh, cartoons were definitely better in the nineties. I'm not sure about, about that. that. I'm not sure about that. Uh, it depends. No. Uh, well, I know we. I don't want to like push. Yeah, I say we are. We are reaching I time. To, I need to allow you to say things because we're. I get a minute after all this. So. You do. We're. We're actually. We're actually pretty much right there at this point. But I will allow you to make the. I, I was just I'll gonna, be loose for the moderation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the yeah, yeah. Of, so. I, I was just going to say. Uh, uh, Wider variation of styles in the '90s, uh, you know, between between Rocco, between uh, um, Ren and Stimpy, Ren and Stimpy, yeah. uh, SpongeBob came out in like '99, mm -hmm. didn't it? Yeah, Beavis um, and Butthead, Beavis and Butthead. Mm -hmm. uh, stylistically, anime animation took more risks, and it yes. wasn't all just done in like Adobe Flash. Agreed. I will 100% give you that one because I can't think of a cartoon now, one that I guess would be primarily targeted at children, that, that has anything near the mass appeal that those had. Yeah. 
Yeah, I will give you it that really one. Doesn't. So let's uh, let's hit your final point. You have a minute, Dave. Uh, conclude right. your conclude your argument. Well, ju- yeah, just to round it out, uh, I think that a lot of what we look back on from the time period of our ch- childhoods mm-hmm. uh, is viewed through the lens of being a child. Yeah, I think it's really easy to get excited about anything when you're a kid, almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that getting older entails a certain kind of, I don't know, some of the magic gets lost. Uh, Yeah. Right? But you trade that for liberty, is your point. Exactly. And that's the point I'm making, is that when we look back on this stuff, I think that our memory is significantly altered by the way that we, uh, the way that we seem to, you know, the way we remove, I don't know how to put that. I just no. I, I think I understand what you're trying to say. Like you, you, the way that we see these things in a vacuum, disconnected from the rest of the correct. world that we perceive as adults through adult eyes. Yeah, looking back on something in a bubble from so long ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I know I'm out of time there. Okay. But uh, in short, yeah, uh, I think if we could live with the enthusiasm of kids now, mm-hmm. I think that we would. Ex- I think it would be a, a, a no brainer. Yeah. Absolutely. But we, but we can't. You know, we're yeah. right. tired, weathered people. Sure. So. <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> dumb, weak, white, white, guilt, milk toast, piece of human garbage. garbage. <laughs> uh, sorry. Hey, we're back, everybody, in Thank case you, you didn't. Thank you, Rick and Morty. Yeah. Ooh. Thank you. We are back. Uh, that was probably very quick for you. For us, that was like a little 10 minute resty poo. So. Yeah. Um, uh, but that means we are turning around to another presenter. Yes. Uh, oh, 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 your point. <laughs> your point was that uh, astrophysics today uh, is uh, at some point a step back from astrophysics as it existed in the 1980s. Absol- absolutely. Just because with recent developments in quantum theory and string theory, a lot of what we know about classical physics is turning out to be more complicated than we previously imagined. So now, we have to reimagine everything on the context of 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 quantum physics, subatomic particles, uh, and, and essentially everything Einstein said about the fourth dimension is rapidly becoming well. He's not wrong exactly. It's just we have to expand our vocabulary in describing. Yes. Anyway, I can, no, I, it's I, about I, bowling. Actually, I can, I can contribute to this topic. I made an alarm clock with a potato. Please observe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a baking soda volcano. Uh, anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> anyway, brother, here's uh, Wonderwall. <laughs> All right, you uh, ready to rock this? Ben, two yeah. and a half minutes is yours. You want to actually put it so he can see it? Yeah, I had to read upside down, and I got very confused. Oh, there we go. All right, yeah, that'll can do. you see from there? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. All right, uh, my point is that professional bowling is one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting, uh, spectator sport on national television. Okay. Uh, like Dave, I decided to make, I decided to break this up into five easily digestible points. One is the visceral satisfaction that you get from watching a strike, Mm. a real well-thrown ball going right into the, into the pocket, uh, for right-handers. That's the one, three pocket for left-handers. That's the one, two pocket. Uh, just something that, that just, uh, just really sails in and, and, cascades everything all the pins getting knocked down there's a real real good satisfaction from that and you get to see it multiple times in a tournament many many times um it doesn't change depending on whether you get it or or you're watching someone else get it it's always really satisfying just to see 
Uh, number two, you can't really get mad watching bowling. Even if you have a favorite <laughs> player, uh, there's never really any any bad blood between the players. There's never really it's it's all very professional and sportsmanlike. There's no refs to blow calls. There's no bad penalties. There's no uh, uh, goals that should have uh, been called back. You just can't get mad watching bowling. Number three, the pace is just right. Hmm. Uh, every every uh, uh, several seconds, someone gets up and takes a roll. There's there's not a whole lot of dead air in bowling. You know, it's it's uh, one roll, two roll, move over to the next lane, one roll, two roll, then the next bowler gets up. It's it's very it's paced just right. Uh, number four, anyone can join in and learn. Uh, in an effort to popularize bowling again, uh, the networks have have started including like tip segments and, and you know, answering viewer questions about how to improve your game. Uh, and bowling is great because it's so accessible. Anyone can play young or old man or woman. It doesn't matter. You can just you can just go to the alley, rent some shoes and start rolling. It's hey. a sport anyone can get into. And number five. Uh, the past viewership of professional bowling, as well as its recent resurgence in recent years, is proof of its popularity and its appeal. Mm. Which is which is a point I'm willing to expand on, but I'm I've got about ten seconds left. <laughs> um, wow! So just uh, at a glance here, before I uh, reset the clock for <clears throat> our um, yeah 20, 22 and a half minute discussion. Um, uh, I, I gotta say strong, strong start. Those yeah. are some very, very <laughs> yeah, solid yeah, yeah. points. Uh, and this it's, is going to be a little bit more difficult to dissect. Yes, I think mm. it will be. Um, so I will, <laughs> I will moderate the time here as we go. And, uh, Dave, you and I are going to try and work through this here. Ready? Sure. Go. All right. So let's, let's start with the point that I think might be the easiest for us to come to, um, break down here okay you, you open with the point that uh, you get a satisfaction from wa watching a strike and while i will agree with you uh that there is a, a, a like a, a built-in satisfaction to watching something like that that is uh, like the, the same way that uh, a, a pile of dominoes is fun to watch topple over uh, uh -huh. i i would argue the point that it may only be satisfying it, it, not that it's not it, 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 like innately satisfying to people, but it it has the certainly is uh, possible for it to be more satisfying to certain people. Mm -hmm. um, it's not. Okay. It, it is a satisfying thing, but I would argue that you have to be you have to command yourself to be a fan of that sport before it reaches the level of excitement that you are saying it. I will be. I will counter that by tying that into the accessibility point. And saying that I, I feel like most able-bodied people have bowled and most people who have bowled have, have at some strike. point gotten a, gotten a strike. That's true. You know how that feels. Yeah. Even seeing it can can conjure up that feeling of, of nailing that perfect shot. I agree with you. You know, in a, in a way that, you know, shooting a goal in hockey might not for someone who's never laced up ice skates. That's, that's true. <clears throat> I, I will give you – and like I said, I, I th this is a very hard one to – to uh, break down That's because said. You had, <laughs> you've made very good points here, uh, but I, I will I will just say that I think watching something and participating in something you have to it, it like for this subject you have to try and be able to separate those two even though they are linked on some level. Sure, it's not quite the same as as 
performing it. And uh, no, it's not. But but again, the accessibility brings those two worlds closer. OK, mm-hmm. you're going to say something, Dave? Well, yeah, I was just going to say, I think that. the So your point is that it's one of the most things to spectate on. Yeah. Right. Which is, I guess I it's I have a harder time arguing that. Um, so I'll stay away from the the. But you did you did because you introduced it as one of your points that anyone can join or learn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because you opened that door, I feel like uh, an inroads to say that I find bowling to be quite possibly one of the hardest games to play casually with any level of success. I, I you know, I, well, I can give you that because it's it, it's it's easy. Anybody can go out and play, but it's very tough to get good at. I think you can play soccer very casually, assuming that you can run around and you're not as fat as shit like I am. Assuming <laughs> that you could do that. You can play soccer very casually and score a handful of goals, and that's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Or you can, you know, maybe be a goalie and do half decently against sure. people who are amateurs. But with bowling, because of the nature of the the, the skill level required to break 100 even, mm-hmm. most people won't do that. And because a 300 game is this impossibly far away gold standard, I do think it's possible you could argue that it's more frustrating than a lot of other forms of casual play. I would agree with that. In the same way that golf is. Well, yeah, yeah, possibly, but uh, but you yourself said we're talking about the the spectating aspect of yes. it. So and uh, and yeah. when you're comparing bowling to soccer and golf, that brings me back to the the third point I made, which is the pace. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair point. Now uh, it is much more relaxing a sport than possibly anything. Correct. Else. Now I'll give you that. Now it's it, I think we could all agree here at this table that baseball is maybe the most frustrating thing to watch on <laughs> television because because the pacing is all wrong. It takes so long. Everything, you know, the words delay of game come to mind. Yeah, As right. We have yeah. Talked, in football, we've yeah. talked multiple yeah. times about the fact that that baseball does not have a delay of game yeah, penalty. Right. And as such, the pacing is thoroughly set by how fast they want to play the fucking game. Yeah, right. right. You, you get you get so excited when you hear that crack off the bat, but then it just goes foul and it's like, OK, well, yeah, then right. everyone sits so around chewing that. gum and scratching balls sure. for like another 30 minutes and then right. maybe someone will throw the ball. Right. Right. Uh, now, I have never I've never sat down and watched a full bowling match, but I've played a full round of bowling with four players and it mm-hmm. it is paced pretty well. It doesn't. Just knowing that, I think that's a strong mm-hmm. point. You know, it, it doesn't. I doesn't. I, I I think you have a very solid point there. That's going to be hard to um, debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll move on to the can't get mad part. I would argue that any spectator sport, particularly if you end up getting invested in something, this you, is a weak point. Admittedly, you can get angry at any spectator sport. Now, yeah. And while I will agree that you made several excellent points, no refs, no penalties. No, uh, very good point. No, uh, uh, like extenuating circumstances that can ruin the game. Yeah, there is no such thing as going back and watching the fucking replay to determine whether right, the yes. ball, wh- yeah. whether 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 there were seven pins yeah. or eight pins. Right. Yeah, nine <laughs> pins got knocked down. That's it. There's no right. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, very I, but strong I will say if for people who do watch bowling, if you follow a specific player yeah. and you want them to win, any drunk idiot on his couch, if he is serious enough about what he's watching can get angry if mm-hmm. a player you know what i mean you, sure. your ability to get angry is directly proportional to your ability to care yes. about the outcome of yeah. the game right. well let me let me move the goal 
this a bit and say that uh, this. Uh, I'll allow it. Say that uh, the citizens of Philadelphia never burned down their city because their favorite bowling player lost. That's that's true. <laughs> well, but no, significantly, that's not even, that's significantly not even moving the goalposts. I, yeah. I don't think that's moving the goalposts because significantly few people watch bowling or, and get invested in it. Yeah, that's true. Um, and and that I think ties into your point directly is that maybe not enough people do treat it as a serious spectator sport. Yeah, yeah, but but those that do, I think it's it's a bit tempered by the fact that again, uh, if if you ever watch a match of professional bowling, there's no animosity really. There's no bad sure. blood, and and I think this this comes from the same place as golf in yeah. in the sense that uh, no one person is playing defense against another person. The, it's the, you versus yourself, right? The performance of your opponent mm-hmm. doesn't directly affect your outcome. It might be demoralizing Correct. to see your opponent sure. get four strikes in a row. Right. A game that but, uh, famously said about golf, a game that cannot be won, only played. I think bowling mm-hmm. is very similar in that. It's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just a game that you play against yourself and coincidentally, you happen to be trying to beat another player. Yeah. Sure. Whoever, whoever happens to play against themselves better is mm. the one that ends up winning the match. <clears throat> um, I would I would like to talk briefly about point number one. Okay. okay. Um, the visceral satisfaction. Yeah. Which you started to touch on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I would like to offer a counterpoint to this. Okay. Which is to say that that satisfaction, you're, you're describing essentially like a strike, I think is most analogous to scoring a goal. Yeah, sure. Right? Or, or uh, completing a pass. Completing or, a pass. It, it doesn't necessarily even have to be a strike. If, if you've ever watched some of the spares that these guys can pick up, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Oh, That's yeah. That's true. That's it's true. Yeah. Right. Unbelievable exercise and precision. Um, and it is satisfying. Mm. But I would make the argument that it might be more satisfying. Uh, and, and I think with it, We've had this conversation amongst ourselves about like, okay, well, between the, say, NBA and the NHL, mm-hmm. what is more satisfying? Point after point after point, no matter how skillful or the satisfaction of the struggle, the delay, and then the eventual goal that results from that careful, precise arrangement. What's more exciting? 100 points or three points? Yeah, bowling is sort of the opposite in that sense. That's a good point. Uh, mm-hmm. In that, the, it's more like the NBA than the NHL. It's not. It's not the exciting aspect of scoring the points. It's the oh, the letdown of if, if you're <laughs> watching a favorite player, sure. the letdown of watching them. Yeah, you're miss right. One. Like you know it's like I mean? it's yeah. generally satisfying, except when it isn't. Yeah, which Correct. is true. I, I would say the 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 lowest point of of watching any frame of bowling is is watching a hanging ten. You know, watching someone yeah. get nine pins. If you watch someone like roll and and uh, have to make a difficult spare, that's satisfying because you you want to see them pick it up. If I, they roll more s- satisfying than a strike, I would argue. If, maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. If they roll a strike, that's immediately satisfying. If they just roll like a like something where it's just going to be an easy spare. It's like, all right, this is a given. We're going to watch them roll this, mm-hmm. this one spare. Um, but you're right. The, the, the quantity, uh, of, of attempts yeah. and the quantity of, of, of strikes, especially in professional bowling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll it's, admit is a bit of a downside. It's really like a question of like, uh, it's, it's a question of like your attitudes towards like, what is more exciting uh, something that you know is very hard that they make look kind of easy yes. sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Or watching something that is like, like, like barely anything good happens until it does. <laughs> yeah. right? like, and I don't know that either one of those is objectively more interesting than the other, but I think it's a matter of philosophy. Correct. Sure. Sure. I would agree with that. Uh, I'm going to jump briefly to the point that you said that anyone can learn. Mm-hmm. Um, which is true. It's mm-hmm. um, most. Th- it's not a difficult game to understand. Sure, though. sure. Uh, and and there's there are some games that are played that you know require a certain level of 
uh, physicality or a certain level of uh, mental capacity to be able to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would counter that argument with, uh, and, and this ties into it being one of the best spectator sports. I'd counter that argument with a lot of people just don't want to learn and a lot of people aren't interested enough to follow up with it as uh, you know, like to watch it like they would watch something like football. It doesn't have that same. But does that does that make does that make it less qualified to be a fantastic spectator sport if people aren't willing to learn mm-hmm. about? It? Like, like, I think it does in a sense because even if you're if you don't is, most, a, di- is mo- a diamond any less beautiful if no one is around to appreciate it? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so I actually think this is one of your stronger points. I think this is one of your stronger points because I think what's embedded in this is the argument that it's easy to play and hard to master. And things like that mm-hmm. have longevity. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot, like most people can play horseshoes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, horseshoes, who, chess, who, who can, who can win every time? Like who right. can, who can do perfectly? Right. So there is some staying power to that. I think it's one of your stronger points, but I, but I do think that the discouragement factor is a thing and I'm not sure if it's just me, but I think a lot of people are very discouraged yes. by bowling. That, I, I don't I know would, why that I, is. I would consider myself to be one of those people and I like bowling. I love going out and, and getting a couple drinks with you guys. Oh and yeah. Going bowling. It's a blast, but usually by the end of it, I'm like, like, frustrated with myself right, like a little bit yeah. pissed off yeah right. maybe maybe that is because it's a thing that seems deceptively easy mm-hmm. like we're not mm-hmm. that good at knowing the calibration of the movements of our arm down to a precise right. degree sure. we just kind of think well this is about straightish and i'm right. about right in right. place yeah um so maybe that's it maybe it's the the, the subtlety the same again with golf yeah, yeah right. it's 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 not like playing pickup basketball or, or like pickup football where yeah you know you fully realize what separates you from the professionals. The professionals condition their bodies every single day. Uh-huh. They eat better than you do. They they don't drink as much as you right. do. They, you know, bowling that's sort of like kind yeah, of goes right. out the window. Um, <laughs> There's right. a lot of tummy bowlers, right? I sure. mean, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Tons of dad buds in bowling, sure. absolutely. Yeah. And you know, honestly, it, to a lesser extent, it, it is the same in golf because you have guys like John Daly who drink. 18 diet cokes a day and smoke <laughs> cigarettes on the course and you know yeah, yeah. um so it, it, i i under, that's what i'm I, i'm keep bringing up golf because that's what i'm uh, uh, like acquainting this to you know? yeah so look at look at this too from maybe even uh, maybe even also similarly from the perspective of golf like it's one thing to to watch uh like an nfl playoff game and you know be like come on like like what the hell are you doing but when you're watching bowling you you'll fully understand like, Oh yeah, I had a role like that the other day. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, it's, it's easier to, to understand, uh, what, what the players are doing and and how, uh, uh, each role comes off their hand and, and what Mm -hmm. have you, you can feel it. You can feel a lot better because you've played it, you've experienced it. And so, uh, um, where was I going with this? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it, 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 uh, it ultimately it, it helps this this sense of accessibility. It helps it helps this idea that you know uh, 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 I had a I had the perfect way to say this too, and <laughs> I can't remember what it was. That's all right. Um, I want to give you the space to think of it. Oh, it, I, I, I guess I guess just just in that it it helps you become more invested in the game as you watch it. 
you know, oh, it, I get that. Um, less less armchair coaching and and more just like, oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I, I, I could see that, it, it, you know, it came off his hand wrong or. OK, or, so that's an interesting point. You just made the armchair coaching thing. I actually kind of love that because that's not a thing that ever happened. You first of all, not in never, golf, especially never, never in golf. Do you go like, oh, dummy, you should have just slightly <laughs> pivoted your hips a bit. Right. Like you, that doesn't happen. And the same in bowling. Like those are you don't get that that frustration angle. No, I would disagree with that because really? I watch golf. And if you know how how a swing is supposed to be structured and you can see a, a, sure. a player take a golf swing, I, I you know, if you go out and play with somebody and they mm-hmm. chunk a shot, you can pretty much most of the time tell what they did wrong. So in pro golf, you can watch a shot and be like, I can absolutely Easily. see what he did. Sure. Go, go out and golf with a couple of buddies sometimes okay. and listen to how many times they'll say, oh, you picked your head up or oh, you dipped your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, They'll yeah. be. And, and if you, I would argue that if you're looking for that in bowling, you would still be able to find that. Which absolutely. brings me to a point here. Um, there's not enough people who know enough about bowling for that to be an issue. If, oh. if enough people understood that no. and understood the form, um, then I think you would see a lot more of that. Okay. Because I I watch golfers and I watch guys hook and I'll go, oh he, you know what I mean. He had his stance open too that'll, far. Oh this that'll you know probably I mean? get brought up in my fifth point about viewership. Yeah, no, th- th- this is a good one to touch on. So I, I want to talk about that viewership thing. You said that the past and the present popularity of the sport is proof that it has long like it has legs, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the point? Professional bowling from <clears throat> 1958 up until the the mid 80s to early 90s was huge on television. That's it was true. something people would would gather around and watch a lot of. Yeah. Um, what happened in the 90s and it was it was a bit kind of humorously uh, 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 touched on in that uh, documentary now. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, spoof it's, of it, the, name, the, the name of that episode is any given Saturday afternoon. I think <laughs> <laughs> um, wh- what happened is that uh, a shitload of other sports suddenly got some mega stars. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. You know, your Michael Jordans, your Wayne Gretzky's, your Bo Jackson's, uh, hmm. you know, uh, the 90s had Joe Montana and, yeah. and uh, uh, Jerry Rice and. Uh, John Elway. Yeah, I was just gonna say Elway, Dan Marino, Dan Marino. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder about that, but I don't want to interrupt you. Um, so there were there were a number of reasons that that uh, bowling's popularity declined in those years, but it has been picking back up, according to an article from Fox Sports. Here we go. 20, Here's the meat. 2019 viewership of the uh, PBA World Series of Bowling blew the numbers for 2018 out of the water. Really? Viewership is increasing in bowling, and a lot of it has to do with with a, a deliberate initiative by the PBA to get people out and get people bowling more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll okay. see people with signs at these tournaments that say, go bowling. That's that's <laughs> what it is. Uh, the, you know, the go bowling program. Uh, just getting people out and learning about the game and they'll have, you know, segments involving, again, fan letters and, and uh, uh, tips from the pros and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, bowling is is picking back up in a in a in a big and, and slightly unexpected way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting backing from from a lot of unexpected sources. Um, the PBA was refinanced in the early 2000s uh, by former Microsoft executives who wanted to invest in it and bring it back to uh, the national stage. And it's been picking up quite a bit since then. Now, the thing is, though, isn't it still uh, as 
stacked up against something like, and even the NHL in America, which is also increasing viewership. <laughs> yeah. Compare NHL viewership to bowling viewership. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't bowling still very far down the tree? I think you don't even need to necessarily answer that with numbers. You can answer it with a simple question, which is, can you name for me? Maybe you can. Yeah. <laughs> but can you name for me a single top modern pro bowler? I can't. The only bowler I know is Pete Weber. Pete Weber, right. The only reason Pete I know Weber. him is because he's funny. He hasn't been yep. around recently. The, the top the top player on the world stage right now, uh, one of the more popular ones, he's got a great face for television, is uh, is the Australian Jason Belmonte. Okay. Um, he's he's definitely one of the bigger names right now. Uh, you've got uh, you've got some some uh, unusual left handers like Rhino Page. You don't see a lot of left handers in bowling. Weirdly, mm-hmm. uh, you see a lot more left handers in baseball, which is which yes. is strange because bowling is one of those things where you can use either hand and still do just as well. It's a perfectly symmetrical playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, EJ Tackett is one of the big names on yeah. the tour right now. Um, now, see, you can, and I will say this: I can name more Formula One <clears throat> drivers which is way lower as well, opposed to popularity in the uh, U.S. than even bowling is. Yeah, in the U.S. In the yeah. U.S., for sure. Uh, yeah, I was going to say in Europe, the <laughs> sure. F1's probably but I pretty can, big. Mark Marquez, Lewis Hamilton, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's... I can I can, I can, can name through a lot... And I don't even watch NASCAR. I can still name you yeah, my, NASCAR drivers. My name, right. re- my name recognition for bowlers is about the same as my name Correct. recognition for Hialeah players. <laughs> you know, that, and, and, like, again, that doesn't say so much about... Uh, you know how accessible it is to viewership, but it does say a lot about the state of it. The more popular something yeah. is, the more recognizable it is in pop culture. Right. And sure. I still don't think bowling is there yet. Yeah, all of this is not actually against your point at all. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say None the, of this the, ar- the, the argument is that is not that bowling is a popular spectator sport, but it is one of the highest quality ones. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I, I just realized as we're saying this, this has nothing to do with the actual. <laughs> yeah. But then also maybe your fifth supporting point wasn't so much a strong supporting Correct. point. For and that's maybe the, that's sure. maybe the only thing that I'm, you know, breaking yeah. down. Yeah, here. I guess I guess the 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 purpose behind that point is that it was popular at one point. It's holding on and even coming back. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like like, you know, would would you rather for the sake of talking with people at the water cooler the next day, would you rather watch, you know, uh, the, you know, the PBA tour, or would you rather watch a, an NFL playoff game? You know, it, it's still, yeah, it's, it's yeah. outclassed in popularity for sure. But you're right. Like that doesn't have the fact that it has grown by leaps and bounds, even over just one year says something I do think about the uh, objective enjoyment that can be had out of watching pro bowling. Absolutely. I think I think part of it, too, is is a lot of people just might not give it a chance. This is I have no facts to back that up with, but I, <laughs> but I think a lot of a lot of people might. I wouldn't just, know where to that, watch it. That was going to be my next point is, is um, and it's barely a point, uh, <laughs> honestly, as compared to, you know, what you're trying to say here. Um I, I don't know where to watch it, and I don't think that I would personally go out of the way to seek that. If it was on, I'd watch it with rapt attention. Agreed. There are there are past uh, episodes, past broadcasts that are on YouTube, uh, uploaded not only by the PBA but uh, by a couple of uh, you know dedicated users trying to popularize the sport. And the PBA doesn't bother to take them down either. Mm. Really, I think they see it as as uh, free, free publicity, publicity pretty sure. much. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, the past ones are on YouTube. I know I've I've seen it on at Westside Bowl a couple times, but yeah, you pretty much need like a premium sports package to, 
you know, to even watch it on live TV without pirating it over the Internet. Can I tell you what I think the most satisfying thing about bowling is and the whole thing, the whole thing that makes bowling possibly one of the best <clears throat> sports to watch uh-huh. for me entirely? It's the sound of the fucking pins. Yeah. Yep. That's there, point number one, the visceral satisfaction. Yes, that is there is nothing like that. It's like, a real good sound. No, the sound of a ball in a net, not very exciting. Nor a puck in a net, not very exciting. <laughs> the sound of a swoosh of a basket, maybe, yeah. but you can't hear that on TV. Yeah. But the fucking pins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah, now, it's really good. Uh, we are we have reached the end of your debate. Would you like to summarize anything? Do you need to? Is my question because I think that Dave and I, as debaters, have clearly failed your topic. <laughs> um, no, truth, truthfully, because how's that? We, because we haven't really done a lot of debating. He, I, I don't know. I mean, we've we've we, we've kind of done a little column A, a little column B. Um, I'm being yeah, generous. Um, not as much as yours, and certainly not as much shit as you guys are going to give me. <laughs> I think he's done he's done a, a very good job here of uh, you mm-hmm. know uh, hitting his points and sticking to them and defending them. And I, I have agree, to be yeah. I have to be honest with you. And we'll we'll talk about this when we wrap the end of this episode. I had a very hard time defending, or you know what I mean, like yeah. count, counter arguing your point. <laughs> I think only uh, one of them was especially weak. Um, I don't even think especially weak. Uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think the the idea that you can't get mad was especially weak. I will be on just honestly, okay. but the rest of these tick all the boxes for me. Yeah, in I, fairness, in fairness. So you have a sure. you have a minute here to, to summarize. Would you like to do that? Uh, yeah. I guess in summary, um, yeah. take your time. It's not. It's not a. <laughs> dead minute so (laughs) yeah i guess i guess in summary uh the value of a spectator sport can be derived from a a a few key elements like its pace uh its level of fan excitement which if you if you watch any modern bowling tournament you'll see the fans get way into it yes um and uh uh you know the level of attention that you can feasibly devote to it which you know it can be anywhere from the bowler's approach to to just the role it's it's a very open ended and accessible sport that that derives a lot of its enjoyment from the fact that you know what it's like to hit some of those roles. Mm. You know, I think it brings you I think it brings the player, the viewer rather closer to the athletes. And I think that in particular holds a lot of value in a spectator sport. Yeah. And that's my closing statement. I think you uh, I think <clears throat> you did very well there, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. One thing we didn't even talk about here, but I'll just briefly bring it up. It's not an argument at all, but it's uh-huh. just it's interesting to me. One of the big differences between bowling and a lot of other things is the size of the crowd. It's awfully small by yeah. comparison. Sure. Uh, even and like, I wonder what that says about the fact that it may be inherently more intimate. You don't you don't sure. want to see that from a fucking like you know like yeah. two hundred feet. And like, they're also and they're also just <laughs> right there. You know, yeah, they're right. right up on the gutter of the leftmost lane. You know, even when it's you watch something like the World Series of Darts, yeah, um, <laughs> or or for that matter, the Johnsonville Bratwurst Cornhole Tournament every year, <laughs> those are still things that are held in grandstands, and those are still yeah. things that are relatively packed. Yeah. Um. So I, I I think you're right. I think there is something to be said for the intimacy there. Mm-hmm. Um. The only other th- game that's played competitively that I can think of. Well, that small of a crowd would be billiards. Yeah, you're um, right. Yeah. And um, even that crowd is, I think, probably twice as big. It is bigger. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is definitely larger. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I think you uh, I think you made a good point there. We're going to we're going to talk a little bit more about 
uh, everybody's summaries at the end, and mm -hmm. uh, we're going to kind of compare and contrast here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Hey, that was a very quick jump cut that you didn't even know about. Yeah. Woo! And Listen, we're back. We're back. Still doing this. So which brings us to... What, <laughs> the dog is scary. <laughs> What's he doing? What are you doing? He looks sad. Come over well, here, animal. fuck him. He's actually being really nice, and I'm... He is. I would, right but Dave's this. here. <laughs> um, anyway. Anyway, so we need to go to my topic now, which, if you remember, was the first one we introduced, mm -hmm. and that topic was that, uh, and I forget the exact verbiage I used, but the idea is going to be pretty much the same here. Um, country music songwriters mm -hmm. and country music artists are some of the most talented songwriters, if not the most talented songwriters. I think what I said exactly was, and I'll stick to it, country mm -hmm. music songwriters are better songwriters uh, than any other form of popular music, and I'm going to defend that. And do so. Okay. You have the floor, Fred. So let me start with my two and a half minutes. I have also, for the sake of brevity and for the sake of organization, structured mine into five neat points because that seemed to be the trend. Seems to be working. Yeah. So that's what we're going to go with here. Uh, uh, I'm going to open with my first point, which uh, uh, quite frankly is uh, uh, crucial to my argument. Um, and uh, the rest of my points will kind of branch off of this. And that is... That simplicity is key in popular music. Mm. Um, you can read many, many quotes from many, many artists uh, justifying this, saying that it, the most important thing is to not overthink your song. Uh, Carol King once said of her uh, late husband and songwriting partner that the reason that he was so good is that he was able to uh, boil down abstract and complex ideas into... Uh, very simple and easy to understand language. Um, and that's pretty key in a lot of popular songwriting. Um, uh, that would lead me to my next point, which is that country songwriters have a uh, better connection and rapport with their audiences than other artists because they know who they're marketing to. And that's like small town America. You okay over there? Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you, you want to pause for a second? What's no, going on with your arm? Okay. No, no, but I just waited to see who noticed first. No, no I, I kept okay. looking at you going, what the you fuck like are you doing? I'm just, I'm just like, yeah, just limbering up, but I was doing it over and over. <laughs> no, you've been doing it for a minute and 17 <laughs> seconds. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, rapport with their fan they base. They have a rapport with their fan base, and that boils down to, uh, specifically, they know exactly who they're marketing their music to. And they know what will register with their audiences. And in that sense, they are super successful as songwriters. Uh, my third point is that there is a stick to that you see in country music that you don't really get uh, to the same extent in other popular music. And in fact, to a much lesser degree in other forms of music, uh, rap, rock music, you don't see the same kind of a drive in, in songwriting. And what I mean by this is that most country artists write their own songs or partner with other famous country songwriting artists and not just like let them write for them, partner with them, work together to create something. Okay. Um, fourth point, simplicity means catchy, catchiness, which uh, gives a better opportunity for hooks, which is crucial in part, uh, popular songwriting. Uh, you don't see the use of hooks uh, shine through quite so much as you do in a very catchy country chorus. Okay. Um, uh, and the final point is that country has a staying power and can always inspire a dance 
or a tear from its faithful listeners. Hmm. Uh, so its ability to invoke emotion shines through, I would say, far more in uh, country than any other genre of music. And I will give you a good example for that when you guys get to that point. Okay. In the meantime, let's start it off. Well, so I'm I'm going to I'm going to counter first of all by saying Motown. Okay, <laughs> Motown Motown is dead though. Motown's gone. He's right. Motown is super dead. <laughs> um, for whatever that's worth, I mean, like it's not that like uh, that kind of music is necessarily completely dead, but I mean, Motown evolved. Yeah, it became something else. Um, and and not that country music has not evolved, but Motown evolved oh, it into super has. Motown evolved into different genres of music. Country sure. music is still country music. Let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Let's define what we're talking. We, there's a lot of definitions we actually kind of have to nail down. Mm-hmm. What do you consider country music versus not actually country music? For, do you well, consider pop country country? Uh, I, I, you know what? For the sake of the argument, yeah, I think I have to. Okay. Um, as much as it pains me to say that, because I'm not necessarily the largest fan of that genre, but I think for this, that is the next logical step in its evolution. It is still country music. Okay. It can ha- you can you differentiate for me your first and fourth points? Uh, yeah, simplicity is key versus simplicity is catchy and hooks. And- Simpli- simplicity is key lyrically speaking oh, in, okay. in that uh, in order to okay. formulate your concepts, you want to boil down something as abstract and complex as love or loss. Uh, if you're trying to make it popular and you're trying to make it, uh, ident- you know, you're trying to make it identify with your listeners, you want to make that as, as simple as possible lyrically speaking. Simplicity means catchiness goes along with the music. That is the completed song. That's the gotcha. the mix of the chord structure with the the actual hook of the song. There's more opportunities sure. for hooks. So, in okay, so you're talking about uh, uh, lyrics as opposed to the the overall structure of the song, correct? And the composition, correct? Okay, mm. all right. Yeah, because that for me is actually kind of a thing that. So I feel like if I'm tell me if I'm misrepresenting you here, but on your first point. If simplicity is key in lyrics, in message, the idea that you're that you're trying to convey is that there's something somewhat um, very approachable, direct, and most importantly, highly relatable mm-hmm. about country music yes. lyrics and concepts. Absolutely. And to that point, I would actually say I think it's quite the opposite. Oh, okay. Because I actually think country music speaks to and identifies with an increasingly small number of people. This will tie into point number two, uh, in which in which I would say I would take appealing and replace it with the word pandering. Sure. I would agree with that. Doesn't uh, hip hop music do that, too? Oh, yeah. It Mm. super does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing Mm -hmm. is like I I think. And, And furthermore, is that a bad thing? All music attempts to find its audience. Yes. And by attempting to af- find its audience or in attempting to find its audience, what it often does is like uh, grasps at something that uh, that will that will reach a large audience, um, tries to arrive at something appealing. Right. Like, yeah, sure. It's all kind of it's all pop. Yeah. See, here's, sure. see, here's the thing. It I guess it depends what you mean by by the best songwriters or, or because I used the same argument with my brother in defense of ACDC. Okay. Who he feels is, is pop classic rock, you know, who he, mm-hmm. fe- who he feels is, <laughs> is, you know, 
that's uh, coming. Ma- marketable classic rock. Yeah, but know? that's only through modern eyes. Back in the seventies and eighties, that was not the case. Like, yeah, I think they're I think they're mm, very direct much opposite, just right. like the rest of classic rock. Yes. Yeah, but but yeah, my my defense at the time though was you know if they're if they're able to market those lyrics to a large population, they're doing something right. Mm, correct. But it, it is it is it best? How are you measuring like? In terms of their popularity country or in terms music, of like artistic integrity? Except for uh, what you would hear on popular rap stations, country music is is the second most popular form of music in the country right mm, now. That's yeah. a fact. They uh, dominate the charts still consistently as evidenced by that Old Town Road song, which, as again, is a fusion song, but it mm. is on the country charts. <clears throat> I sure. think that's a good point, actually. Um, the, the fusion thing is, well, okay, so your argument is that they're the most successful or the most talented? Uh, I, I say, I said best, best extrapolate from that what you will. Okay. So when I hear mm. best, I'm thinking like mm, objectively mm, highest mm. quality on some scale. However you arrange that. However you identify with that scale. Right. Correct. So yeah. I would say, I would say this, um, I don't think simplicity in any form can ever be best. Okay. There's a lot of songwriters who disagree with you. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, no, I mean, you're right. Like, uh, the, the, the most popular music, the most selling music, the most accessible music is always the simplest sure. music. Sure. There's no doubt about that. And especially music that, like, taps into some, like, long-established patterns that we like. Like, the things that our brains gravitate towards in music. Like, sure. there's a reason that the the verse chorus verse chorus kind of thing works for us there's a reason yeah. that certain chord progressions right. work there's the circle of fifths kind of thing that always works like sure. there's a there's a reason that our brains respond to certain things yes but uh it's best is a little bit nebulous i would say you could say uh that the most successful things are the best or you could say the most difficult to pull off things are the best that's only through the eyes of somebody who's seeking for those things, though. Sure. I'm, I'm talking as a popular, quick listen, something that's catchy, something that stays in your craw. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and like lyrics stick around. Lyrically speaking, even complex music uh, can still feature pretty simple lyrics. The idea is boiling boiling a, a concept that's abstract or an idea down to something that an idiot can identify with any moron on the street. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? I'll give you a good example. There's a, uh, I know Joe plumber. There's an, uh, is it Alan Jackson or Randy Travis? It's a Randy Travis song. Um, he, he, um, he writes a song. Uh, uh, I can't remember what it's called now, but there's a line in the song that's, um, he's talking about, uh, Oh God. All right. Well, I'll come back to it. I'll, 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 I'll get there. Okay. But, um, let's see. Oh, give me a second. Uh, let's see. Uh, so you said that their rapport with the fan base yes. by, by itself, mm-hmm. uh, is a measure of, mm-hmm. I guess we'll say bestness, greatness, right? I just remembered the song. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I'll come back to that. Uh, Randy <laughs> Travis song. It's called forever and ever. Amen. The, the hook of the oh, song, yeah. you know, that song, everybody yeah. knows that song, right? I don't think I'm going to love you forever and ever, forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Okay. So the, the main chorus of that song is <laughs> I'm going to love you forever, forever and ever. Amen. As long as old men sit and talk about the weather, as long as old women sit and talk about old men. That is a very clever songwriting trick <laughs> to extrapolate an emotion, right? And if that doesn't make you go, oh, okay, I don't know. That's There's something kind of funny about that idea. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it's it's a really that's a really hooky hook, and it's it's sung well and it's written well. And well, like right there, I, I could be okay. Maybe okay, not to get like like too in the weeds, but like I kind of think that shows a little bit of lack of imagination. I Those disagree. lyrics show a bit of lack of imagination, and I'll tell you why. Old women talk about way more than old men. I don't think that lyric works. That's not what he's saying, though. He's he's saying that okay, but you can picture that, right? A group of women sitting around on a porch talking about their husbands. Yeah, but I could picture a bunch of men sitting around talking about their wives. Absolutely, it's weird that he deviated. It's weird that I don't know. Maybe it's just me. You're Maybe. looking at that from very specific cynic guys. I think that's true. Um, I, I think I think as an emotional response, though, you get you get that though, right? I mean, you understand what he's saying. Yeah, that's I just th- one example. I, yeah. have, I, I have many more. Now, I suppose I, I do. Now, I think I think uh, rapport with your fan base mm-hmm. has to come from a certain place of mutual connection. Mm-hmm. And when I when I look at someone like like Blake Shelton mm-hmm. or or um, what's his face with the squat head, uh, wears the hat all the time. Mm-hmm. He's in the commercials with. Uh, um, uh, oh my God, Peyton Manning! <laughs> You're talking about Brad Paisley. Brad oh, Paisley, thank you. When I look at the those guys, and, you know, seeing them, you know, guest judging on The Voice or whatever, I don't think of them driving a pickup truck out into a cornfield and having a party where girls take their shirts off and <laughs> drink light beer. I think of them pulling, uh, you know, a two hundred thousand dollar car into a five hundred thousand dollar garage. But the thing <laughs> is, those guys came up doing that. I think this is your strongest point. That those guys, those All guys of them? did did do uh, most of them, and even if they didn't, the fans don't know or don't care. They're singing about stuff that the fans identify with. Outside of that, I think that country singer songwriters do this better than any other genre for a specific reason. Yeah, which is that the next closest. Ty- it's funny, like country and rap are like weirdly. Really connected. Absolutely. They're very similar, but they're talking to totally different audiences. <laughs> country and punk rock, too, but that's a different argument for a different time. Mm. But yeah. but I think that the thing that country stars do that, like, rappers don't do as successfully is country stars sell the fact that they are on the level. Yes. The entire reason that you, like, follow and idolize, like, a rap. Like the exact like opposite is is the opposite. You aspire to them. Mm-hmm. They and are and it's way diff- up there, and that's that's switched, and that's they're talking that, themselves up. Like correct. that's the whole idea. Yeah, that's it's, it's always been about bravado. Yeah, country music is exactly the opposite, and I think it speaks to that rapport. Right. They're, and again, there's they're, they're rich as hell, but they don't sell it that no, way. No, and that goes back to knowing your audience. They know the people they're marketing to: blue collar, yep. southern boys and trucks, and southern women with you know, yeah. big old ten gallon hats and tube tops. Now you could say that they're lying. <laughs> sure. And you should. Sure. And you could. Yeah. <laughs> you should. That goes back to pandering. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah, they're crazy rich. What, what they but they what they sell is the things about them that haven't changed. Yes. Which is that they like the lawn and yeah, they like right. being outside exactly. and they like drinking beer. What what uh, what major genre doesn't pander except for jazz? <laughs> uh, uh, that's a yeah. Actually, I had a quick thought. I don't know if I can. Yeah. Well, like like Prague. What is Prague? Prague is just nerds. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But like in general, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what do you mean by stick to I was going to ask that. Stick to uh, meaning that uh, country stars tend to have very, very long drawn out careers. Uh, and when I say stick to I, I, I more specifically mean the uh, 
the uh, get up and go and do it yourself attitude. They write most of these guys write their own music or partner with older country songwriters who've written music for a long time. And it's not typically like I'm giving you this song. It's we're going to work it out together to make it happen. They also partner a lot together on songs. This could be true, but I have to tell you on the face of it, I'm not sure if it is. Okay. And the reason I say that is like, I feel like case in point, Lady Gaga, Mm -hmm. right? Someone who basically went unrecognized for an eternity. Yeah. Wrote for all kinds of genres, including country music. And we didn't know who she was until she started wearing clothes made out of meat or whatever weird (laughs) shit she was into. So every, every genre has things like that. I think it's worth noting that there's a lot of that. Like maybe, maybe especially in country music. Cause there's like, you find out song country songs were written by people that you never heard of all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, didn't even Dolly Parton write a shit ton of stuff for other people. Lots. Dolly Parton has a very rich catalog. Dolly Parton is a country artist though. And she also not just gifted those songs, but partnered with many of those artists to make those songs. That's what I'm Mm -hmm. saying is that they, they, Mm -hmm. they tend to, and when guys take other songs, okay, Garth Brooks, arguably his most famous song is uh, I Got Friends in Low Places. Yeah. Mm. That was a, from a song or an older songwriting duo who you've probably never heard of, mm-hmm. but they helped him with the production of that mm. song. They helped him work out the the hook. They helped him work out the chord structure. Yeah. You know, they just had the lyrics written down. I just sort of feel like this point is not like a win or loss in your in your argument. I just kind of feel, unless you can persuade me otherwise, I feel like... Country music does what a lot of other every other genre sure. does, which is like with few exceptions, like Steal- songwriters are stealing is stealing, and yeah, that's that's most music. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with yeah. that. Yeah. I, I I'm more saying that the drive to uh, perform uh, is there that you see, you know, way more with country music. You see yeah. that drive. You see that, um, you know, I'm going to work with this team. I'm going to. Play. You never see country singers getting tired of singing their own songs. How about that? I'll take that. Sure. Um, Actually, it's interesting. Like th- th- There are a lot more like lifelong careers. Yes, very few prima donnas in country. Alan Jackson, perfect example, still yeah. making music. Willie Nelson, perfect example, still making mm-hmm. music. Somehow. Johnny Cash into <laughs> his 70s, still making music and still popular. He's also dead. Yes, but when he was alive. But my point <laughs> yeah. is when he was alive, he had a career that spanned from the 50s up into the 2000s. Yeah, right. That's crazy. Yeah. You yeah. don't get like one hit wonders in country as much. No. You'll right? get two or three hit wonders, but most of those guys. Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Even the Dixie Chicks are still doing shit, right? They are. Yeah. Yeah. They just fell out of favor because they didn't like President Bush. Because they were Democrats. They were, yeah. The only, yeah. they were the only country stars to be like, George Bush sucks. Uh, people ate them alive. Yeah, them. right. Well, and the thing is, Dixie Chicks, that's more tr- going back to the roots of country. Mm-hmm. Very, very bluegrassy kind of sound, which, yeah. I, which I would say I love. Dixie in the name, which is itself a little bit. I love, I low-key, yeah. I love bluegrass music. It's I real good. It. Super good. Super complex, musically speaking. Uh very impressive. And there's still evidence of it today. Dixie Chicks are a perfect example of that. Actually. Mm. There's a there's a low key love affair between uh, between uh, traditional Irish folk and uh, traditional bluegrass yes. that, that exists in the music world. And I love that that mm-hmm. exists. Yeah, a lot of the same instruments, a lot of the same instrumentation, a lot of the same chord patterns. That's the thing about country music that's actually really interesting is that uh, I feel like uh, you, you guys will probably know what I'm talking about. I can't remember what it's called, but very recently something hit the top of the country charts and it caused a whole <laughs> bunch of stir. Mm-hmm. Because it was a largely electronic uh, rap piece. Yeah, is it Old Town Road? I'm gonna take my boys to the Old Town Road. 
down. Yeah, actually, it probably was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it features a nine inch nail sample. But the How thing about is, that? it really pissed people off. <laughs> yeah. The fact that it hit that place and didn't sound traditionally You know country. what? It pissed some people off, but it still was number one on the country charts. Well, right. But that's the thing is someone had to make the decision to keep it on the country charts yes. because a lot of people didn't think it should be. Sure. And that's largely because of the, I, I think, the strictures of country music. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's got like to be all these elements or it's not a country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that song defied that. Uh, it's it is the next logical step in its in its evolution though, and they've been yeah. following that pattern for the last ten years. It's a point in their credit that it's mm. still on the country charts. Yes, yes, I will say that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the next point is is simplicity with relation to the the composition of the song, the catchiness, the hooks. Song. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, like again, best best is pretty loose. It's kind of hard sure. to Again, talk it, about this. It's how you identify best personally. I'm going to leave that open how to you guys. How do you identify best? Uh, something that I want to sing along to, something that I can get behind. Right. I'm not an enormous country music fan, but I've heard more catchy country hooks than I can think of ever hearing in uh, popular rock music or mm. popular hip-hop music. For me, the hooks in hip-hop music come more from just the production aspect from the beats that's mm. where you see that mm. country is a beats me- are everything in hip-hop correct the whole fucking song it falls can't be if, good if it, the beat sucks falls apart if there's nothing behind it you right. need it like the beat correct. is everything yeah <laughs> right country is the uh, is the melding of both of those things lyrically you know uh, really catchy hooky yeah. kind of lyrics with a really simple catchy hooky kind of backbeat to it yeah yeah um <sighs> I guess I guess the only thing I want to bring up with that is uh, 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 does does simplicity in in song composition really make for a better songwriter than someone who who experiments and explores like some someone who who, you know, fucks around with their time signatures or, or, you know, opts for a key (laughs) change in the middle of the song. Someone who's willing to experiment and take risks. I'm glad you brought this point up to that. I would uh, uh, direct you to the Beatles whose career uh, and experimental (laughs) phase would not have been possible had they not released their first five albums based on simplicity and hookiness that is alone. A, that is a killer point. <laughs> that in and of itself makes me, I, I have to bow to they, that. Yeah, they justified shit. their entire experimental phase by being the biggest band in the world. And how did they get there? They got there with simplicity. Like beyond simplicity. Mm. Correct. In fact, some of their early stuff is so simplistic yeah. that even like to me, like right now, a mm. modern listener with a little bit of an appetite for something kind of a little bit screwy. Sure, sure. Like, it's 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 so simple that yeah. I almost don't want to listen to the really early stuff. Sure. Well, that's what Paul, Paul McCartney said it best. He said a lot of our very early work was, you know, talking directly to the listener. I want to hold your hand. Yeah. Uh, right. You know what I mean? Things like that. Pandering. Pandering. Exactly. <laughs> right. That entire experimental phase for the Beatles that music nerds love to remember, myself included, would not have been possible had they not spent the entire early part of their career, A, making themselves a really tight band, and B, more importantly, uh, keeping keeping it simple and writing music that people wanted to hear. Let's ask ourselves a question. Mm -hmm. When is Brooks and Dunn going to do their super crazy concept album? Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, like why the, isn't that happening? Like, what does that mean? Where's the transition from someone who's just really good at at making catchy uh, rhythms and chord progressions <laughs> into into someone who's 
When is Garth Brooks going to record himself farting in a fish tank for two hours? <laughs> Hello, like, my name is Bjork. Um, Hello. <laughs> no, but the, the, yeah, they don't. Again, that's not to say experimentation is always sure. good. Right. Okay. Right. This, this is another good point. Rock music is a little bit more open to experimentation than country music is only because the fan base uh, in country music demands uh, a, a structure. Isn't that a weakness of the genre, though? It's a weakness of the fan base. It's a weakness of the fan base. I don't know if it's a weakness of the genre. Mm. And I will counter that with this. Johnny Cash was, uh, and Waylon Jennings, for that matter, two uh, long country careers, uh, both guys who did pretty serious experimentation, Cash especially. When he got into his older years, he was covering Soundgarden songs. He was covering uh, Nine Inch Nails. So so now here's the thing, though. You're you're bringing up a lot of country artists from the past. Mm -hmm. But when I brought up Motown earlier, mm -hmm. the past didn't seem to to matter much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, that's a fair point. Uh, I only bring that up because most Motown guys only had a career for the six years that that existed. Johnny Cash had a fifty year career, mm. yeah, sixty but, year career. Excuse yeah, but me. yeah, but when you get into the acts that that person, like I saw Lionel Richie three years ago. Yeah, literally three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, you, you get into to the acts that have stood the test of time, the mm -hmm. Commodores, uh, uh, you know, some of the people that that even have been lost, you know, the fact that they're gone or or that their careers have, have had, uh, had come to a close. Yeah, don't <clears throat> doesn't mean that the, the quality of their their songwriting should not be factored in. I agree with that. I, I, I'm not saying that Lionel Richie is a bad songwriter. I'm saying he didn't have a 60 year career. Uh, so. We're running, we're running a little low on time. We are. But I really want to address this thing, because this, for me, will probably mm. shape overall how I feel about how you've argued this point. Okay. Oh, God. I, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but I'm trying to give you lots of time to address it. Okay. Distinguish for me the difference between best and most commercially successful. Because I feel like a large amount of this hinges on this sells the most, or this will continue to sell the most. Mm. But I'm there's a disconnect for me between that and what I think of as best. Correct. Which is like the most like has the most objective value in some other way aside from how much it sells, how many people listen to it, how difficult it is. Artistic merit. Artistic which is, merit, which, which is, is nebulous and impossible to, to argue. quantify. Sure, right, yeah. sure. And and that's the thing, is it's it's tough to argue that only because it's specific to you. Sure. I'm taking my very specific understanding of songwriting and how songwriting works and applying it to this argument as I see it. I have to I have to get into your head in order to decide whether you convince me. I have to okay. know what you mean when you say best. So um, I have to take it your way. I'm not I will tell you that I'm not looking at it as commercially successful. That is an uh, an aspect of my argument. Okay. But I'm saying that I will put an uh, an older country song on and as much as I hate to admit it, I will listen to that stupid old town road song on the <laughs> when it ever comes on. I've put it on my on my Google Home or Google Play Music before, and I'll sing along with every fucking word of that stupid song. I just song. got it. I just um, got it. That sold it for me. Mm -hmm. it's, because what it's, you're actually saying isn't that it's the most saleable or the most popular. Yeah. It's that it's those things because of a pre-existing reason. Yes. Which is that it is the most it, it, Delicious. It, it, it is. It is both. It is. It is. It's those things because it has. It a is value. the most hooky, and it is also incidentally the. It happens to be the most popular. Um, uh, Holy shit! I love Primus. I wouldn't love Primus any less if they somehow made it into the top forty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that just. I gotta tell you. 
you, you just did a you just pulled like the of Mr. Rogers where it's like, all right, you have your funding. You've, you've, you've convinced me. You've um, convinced me on that one. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll just uh, I think we touched most of what my closing would be here, uh, you know, uh, throughout the entire uh, debate. But I, I just I think. As a listener, uh, 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 you know, as someone who uh, really appreciates music and listens to a lot of different kinds of music, and I say that in the least, oh, I listen to everything kind of way. I, I mean, like, I actually <laughs> will go through and destroy a genre of music just digging into it, um, and I go through phases with that. Whenever I put on country songs, whether they be, uh, and again, I hate to say it because I'm not the largest <laughs> fan of some of the newer stuff, whether they be old or newer yeah. um i find myself getting hooked onto them yeah um i find myself singing along with the words even though i've only maybe heard the song a couple times mm-hmm. they stick in my craw more than a lot of other popular stuff that comes out i just tend to identify with the lyrics and i tend to sing along with them and whether i want to admit it or not i like doing that all right <laughs> well wow Damn. Well, that was that was interesting. Yeah. Um, I think we've reached the end of our official debate. So I guess the only other thing to do, do we need to break? Yeah, I think we need to take a quick break here. We'll come back with a little bit of a roundtable on this. And then uh, we'll, I guess, what recommendations? Recommendations is what we learned. learned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, God, this feels like a long episode. It is going to be a long episode. Yeah. That's why I, originally my plan was to do 30 minutes yeah. and that's just way too long to make everybody yeah. suffer through this. But I think at the table, it felt very quick, didn't it? It did. Actually. It felt yeah, very quick. Absolutely. So, um, I hope that this is a format that we'll use again. I hope so too. Um, cause we this might, was a might, lot of fun. We might be able to cut it down a little bit. Yeah, like, I uh, think so. But in general, which is going to be hard cause we have a lot to say, obviously. I'd love, yeah. to, I'd love to do this again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but. But we'll we'll talk in a bit about right. what we thought about the whole thing, a little bit of a wrap up, right? All right, sounds good. All good. right. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Press up. Press it down on me. Press it down on you. Hold it up now. Under pressure. I feel it coming down. All around my dresses. There's people on the streets. It's the terror of knowing what this world is about. Watching some good friends scream, let me out! Like Jerry. Remember when he kept screaming that all the time? I remember Jerry. Oh, God, fuck that. What an asshole. What a fucking piece of shit. Anyway, welcome back, everybody. Uh, uh, I guess we're going to do this rapid fire wise. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. we don't want to make you guys listen too much of our little voices. Um, <laughs> we don't? We don't. <laughs> we Wait, just, hold on. We don't? We have an hour and a half of previous content that As says three otherwise. M- nearly middle aged men who do a podcast <laughs> twice a month where we make people listen to us yeah. for sometimes as much as three hours at a time. Yeah. I have a hard time believing we don't want to make them listen to us Dave, too much. The debate's over. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, no, we're going to go to the uh, just the the final roundup for uh, all the uh, quote unquote debating. I guess it, I guess it was 
somewhere between discussion and debate, which is a little more confrontational than right, we normally yeah. do. I think, yeah, right. A little bit more, but also like a friendly version of a debate. Yeah. I like that. About it was, it. It, was a, it involved three people, so it definitely qualifies as a mass debate. We definitely yeah. mass debated each other. We did. We, we mass debated lot. each other for a couple hours. Yeah. yeah. And you guys are all like super good with your words. You're, you're like super like sharp. Very cunning, uh, like very cunning linguist, I think. You know, so linguistically, very, I do think we're cunning. Yeah. yeah. I would like to believe I'm a cunning linguist. Yeah. I, I, well, absolutely. I try to, I, I, when I think cunning linguist, yeah. I think Dave yeah. Bukowski. Yeah. I also eat pussy in my spare time. <laughs> Same. <laughs> nice. So anyway. So anyway, um, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's, let's, let's round it up here. Uh, right, yeah. How do you want to do this? This is your thing. How do you want to do so this? So let's start with this. Who do we think had the best points? Uh, and who do we think, let's start with best points. Who had the best points at this table? Mm, okay. Let me look back at some of the notes I took. here. <laughs> um, I think that Ben provided the most points. I had the least to argue with. I would agree with that. I think um, uh, successfully speaking, you had the strongest foundation mm-hmm. and uh, only because Dave and I very we had struggled to think of what to do. Yeah, that's true. That was a tough. <laughs> that was a very tough point to argue. And, uh, you know, uh, I think I think quite a bit of what you put down here uh, as your as your 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 main driving topics or your 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 I guess your points right were um, <laughs> I don't know. You framed it well. Like you did. You, who who can argue with the visceral satisfaction of a strike yeah. or like who can argue with that? Like you can't. No, because there's just some, some things that are inherently satisfying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a tough point to counter. Yeah. Um, and you, I do think that I found more to quibble with in your arguments. Sure. But that's not to say overall that I think I was more persuaded by one of you than the other. Like that's a separate mm-hmm. question. I would agree. Yeah. Like, I would agree. Um, yeah. Um, I, it's tough to decide who my vote goes to because nostalgia lies is a really, really strong point, Super that's, valid point. That's, that's, that I, I, I can't really uh, argue too much against because I've experienced that right. way, way, way too often. Um, Again, to the to the point, when's the last time you bought a box of Oreo O's? They've been back for two years. <laughs> yeah, never, <laughs> never. I, I, I bought a box or two of Waffle Crisp, but that's still just as good as I remember. But uh, yeah, yeah. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, not not as good as I remember. And that used to be my favorite cereal. Ooh, this is where that, we disagree. Dude, that's them fighting words at this table. <laughs> I still think Love that so might be the best, the best. cereal that it exists. It is obviously the clear it winner. It tastes different to me. I can't explain how. The debate portion is definitely over, but I will fight you afterwards for a very <laughs> long time about this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though, to, to the point, I, uh, from my perspective, I think that, Ben, you provided the best arguments in general yours were the yours uh, from where you started was the most defensible position <laughs> and i have to say i think you and we'll get to that i think you successfully defended it um to a degree awesome um <laughs> dave's yours was i think the most complex because it was it, only only in the sense that it was a very different kind of subject than what ben and mm-hmm. i were arguing yeah, I think that's yeah, that might be true. And that is a, a tougher like I had more opportunity to argue your points. Yeah, like we we both talked about specific mediums. You you tackled an entire like range of mediums over an entire yes. time yes. period. Ben and I were yeah. pretty focused in our argument as yeah. to what we were wanted to say. You're right. There were substantially different arguments. Yours yours you hit f- five very broad points mm-hmm. uh that are all 
very good points, but very broad points within the same topic. Give me a lot of ground and not a yes. whole lot of time to get very, very narrow on it. Correct. I think probably is, if I'm being realistic, it probably hurt me a little bit, I think. Um, only because this was a long, long format debate. Right. Maybe if yeah. this was if this was taken down to like 15 minutes of time, that would have been much, much tougher. I think you're and, right. And it was hard. It, it, it didn't take away anything from your overarching point. It was just, it just gave us more opportunity to banter with you. Yes. Um, which is how any debate is lost. The more time you let something breathe, the harder it is to articulate your point. Mm. That's true. Um, you got to have yeah. a laser focus to yeah. really be effective in debate. I think. Mm. Yeah. Who do we think had the best, the best topic? <clears throat> <clears throat> the best topic, like as in the uh, wait, the best the, argument to begin with, or the um, like, honey, what do you mean? I would that? say who who made the best the best choice, defensively speaking. Mm, like, oh, like the most defensible argument, like off the bat. No, no, just like uh, I don't know how I, I'm wording this incorrectly. Are you trying to say <laughs> who persuaded who the most? We should probably just word it like that. Who, I think that was originally the idea. Who who persuaded who the most? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have to go with Ben because Ben was able to persuade us with just his opening argument in the, in the, in the two and a half minutes that you, you broke down your points. You basically crippled anything that Dave and I <laughs> could argue. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll say this. I think I was more persuaded by your argument, Chris, okay. than Ben's in okay. fairness. I think I think he did a very good job on his opening, but still, I walked out of that with the idea that, like, yeah, bowling's good. Is it the best? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, you you persuaded me that bowling is great. I will tell you that you persuaded me best. to watch bowling. <laughs> I'll say that too. I, I never would have done that. Um, I, I I think I think from my it was definitely you from my position. I think you really kind of hammered it home. I'm agreeing with David. I'm saying you. Yeah. Okay. I think you did. You had the hardest. You had the hardest job. I had the hardest sell. I yeah, think. you yeah. did. You had yeah. the hardest sell, the hardest which sell. means the fact that you kind of turned my ear to it. For me, makes mm-hmm. you the winner of this thing because okay. because yeah, I would agree. I would I would have disagreed, full stop. Disagreed yeah. at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. but right there at the end, I think you kind of qualified something for me that was kind of inarticulable before. Or you know, how do you say that? I don't know. It was like it's. Hard to describe what best means, mm-hmm. but through the lens you provided it, I came around to that. <clears throat> okay. That made yeah. sense Good. to me. Yeah. All right. I would say the same thing goes to your argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only reason I'm not picking you, Dave, is because you had such a broad thing. And I we, think I think mine was like I think no one would argue with that realistically. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. I think I set up an argument that was like we all like to think that our childhood was better, but I think we all kind of know in no, our guts that it's, it's better not. to be. I, yeah, it is. I I definitely had a better time in college than I absolutely. did right. ever in it's high school. Much better to be grown right up. there. I think it's much. a disqualifier for the win. It's like if we if we if we think about it a little bit, it's really easy to arrive. It would, at that. It, I will say it's an easy thing to try and and counter argue. Uh, sure. Be, for for purely nostalgic purposes. Uh, but like right uh, in your gut, you kind of know. I, I, yeah, I do. I do kind of agree with you because at first yeah. you said that and I was like, oh, I don't think so. And then when we were, you know, the longer I like we got a couple weeks to breathe on this, I the more yeah. I thought about it. Yeah. And I was like, I well, think, OK, I think <laughs> honestly, if you were to just take the point nostalgia lies and just make that 
the frame of the entire argument. Ooh, good point. That would be a that would be a much more defensible position. Yeah, I think. right. That would have that would have given you more given me more ground to cover in general. It also would have given me more to argue against. Yes, it I, gives it gives me the most to gain. Like that's a good yeah. way of thinking about this. Is like where was your baseline? Where, where was your baseline on this topic when you started? Yeah. And where did you end up? And who traveled the group the farthest? Yeah. Right. And I think that's why Chris wins this one. Well, thank you. He traveled us the yeah. farthest. Yeah, thank for you. sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. Is that is that official? I mean, I think Chris wins. I think Chris wins. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Thank Nicely you. done. We um we will uh, definitely do this again. Yeah. We were kind of talking off mic about it. I think what we're going to end up doing is not making it anybody's like hosting job to say, okay, well my topic is going to yeah. be a debate this week. I think from now on we're gonna we're definitely <clears throat> going to do it again, but we're going to do it as yeah. Um, this is just a set debate, and we're not going to stick to the exact same format that we normally do yeah. with the podcast. Debates yeah. won't be a Chris episode. They'll just be an episode. Like interstitial episode. Purely, sure. purely for brevity's sake, we're not going to make you listen to the whole shebang. So does that mean you're hosting next week? No. Actually, <laughs> I, I, think, I think we should go – like this, just because this is the first one, I think we should go back to you, and then I'll okay. have another sure. topic, and we'll, right. you know what I mean. Um, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, well done. Honestly, that was a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. I didn't anticipate that going as well as it did. I thought we were going to like – flounder on the format but it just kind of came together and that was awesome we so. we can always find stuff to talk about us three honestly yeah like, right. we, we don't have any problems there yeah so that means it's time for recommendations it's time for recommendations Woo! god damn it uh well let's start with you dave what do you what do you got for us this <clears throat> i have a recommendation and it is i don't remember if you recommended it before ben mm. but if you did allow me to second it <laughs> the return of the obra oh, fucking din, din. Uh, yes. ah yes um, oh, oh, sorry, sorry Bo. I <laughs> didn't mean to punch you in the shoulder blade I don't there. Think he minds. He's uh, wagging his tail. You can punch him in the shoulder blade yeah, all you goddamn want. Yeah, it, it wasn't very hard. Anyway, <laughs> the return of the Oberdin, if we haven't talked about it, I can't remember. Did you, do you remember? I we have? do not remember. So, <laughs> in, in case we haven't, I'm going to lay it out uh, kind of generally. You did, if I remember correctly. You, I, I think you, so. Because that is the entire reason that I remembered that name when you. Brought it up again. So the the general idea of this game is that general, general idea, idea is that you are a insurance inspector who has been uh, brought to a boat that has just sort of drifted back to the mainland that has been missing for years. Mm. You have in your aid a pocket watch, which has been given to you. You don't really know what it is when you start out the game. You, you hop on deck. Uh, you start looking around. And you find a dead body. And when you find the dead body, the pocket watch starts to vibrate and you activate it. And what happens is you see the last moments of the life of that person. Yeah. And in so doing, um, you start a series of uh, uh, investigations in which you're tasked with determining who the person is, how they died, and who killed them, if anyone. If anyone, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and every time you do that correctly, more uh, bodies appear for you to investigate along the, the chain of the story of the deaths. Mm. And there's several chapters. There's... 40-some-odd people. Are there more? Maybe there's, 60? There's, yeah, there's something like 60-ish. 60-some people, various fates, and you only get that one singular frozen moment of their death with a little bit of a, a voiceover ahead of time. So mm. you have to use the context clues available to you to determine who everyone is, how they died, who was involved, all of that. Yeah. So having said all of that long-winded bullshit, <laughs> it is incredibly fun. Mm. It is so much fun. It is so hard. It's actually. It's very difficult. At so, times, I think it's too hard, in fairness. 
Um, Some of those clues are really devious and really difficult to find. I think for most people of average intelligence, it's probably too hard. I had to resort to a few clues mm-hmm. uh, of the format of like, uh, you know, like pay attention to this person and their motivation and then you will have an idea of who they're talking to. Yeah. Those kind of clues. But it's it's very, very hard to do without any help at all. It is. I I, I definitely had to brute force a few things and then mm-hmm. I looked up like, OK, what was I supposed to be looking for here? And <laughs> yeah. some, of the, some of the answers are just uh, like, are you kidding me? I, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> the trick is being incredibly observational. Yeah. Noticing things like uh, you can't see a body or a face, but you can see shoes, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and who those shoes belong to. That's a big one. Like crazy stuff. Uh, so you really have to pay attention, but it's a lot of fun. It's fairly cheap. What is it like uh, under 20? It's like 15 it's, bucks. It's sub 20 right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Right now in the Steam sale anyway. And it um, might actually be back to regular price anyway. But uh, yeah, um, I can't recommend this game enough. It's super fun. Play it. It's uh, it's visually beautiful. It's very complicated. Amazing soundtrack. And it pays off. Yeah, the soundtrack is incredible. Mm-hmm. And it pays off in a huge way. Yeah. So play Oberdin. That's yeah. it. All right. Ben, what do you got <laughs> for recommendations? I'm going to recommend Giordano's. Oh, if, yeah. If you ever go to <laughs> Chicago, Chicago. Classic. If you ever go to <laughs> Chicago, go to Giordano's. We're going to be getting one nearby, Christy says. Oh. Yeah, that, I heard that. Do you remember <laughs> where? Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's like Akron area. Yeah, it's somewhere like out west ish. Yeah. Um, but holy shit, I'm so excited. I like I can't I can't begin to tell you. Uh, <laughs> apart from, apart from proposing, a huge part of the reason I was excited to go to Chicago. Yeah. Was the food. Yeah. We already God knew we were we were gonna get this this dinner at Shanghai Terrace, and then we already knew. I was I was a little insistent on this. I need to have a Chicago deep dish pizza at yeah. some point. Yeah, right. I will tell you, I have had Lou Malnati's. It's the one that I had. Yeah. I get the impression that Giordano's is maybe the better of the two. Giordano's feels, and from what I've been told, is more like a traditional chain. Yeah. But uh, but one that one that you know sort of retains its local flavor. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um when they when they bring it out, they make a they make a big deal. You got the 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 spatula. They make a big deal of of doing the cheese pull where you, you stick the spatula under the slice and you <laughs> lift it up as <laughs> high as as high as you can yeah. so that the cheese stretches yes. as far as it possibly can. And like, oh so what a visual. And because I've never had a, a Chicago deep dish, it was it was a, a little I didn't know what to expect in terms of like what was inside, because when you look up when you look this up on like Google, um, uh, we're getting some. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm hungry. <laughs> You're <laughs> looking yeah. at pizzas right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, all you see is like a like a bowl with sauce on the surface. Right. So, so like yeah, I you don't see you have no idea what's going on down there. Right. So what I didn't realize was like there there's about like there's like a layer of sauce on top. There's a whole shitload of melted cheese underneath that a fucking ton. And if we you watch him make it. It's kind of ridiculous. Oh, I bet I we were we were seated with a view of the kitchen. I had my back to it. But uh, but Aubrey and her friend. Uh, we're we're looking right at it. I I was watching the TV behind them, which was just uh, men's beach volleyball, which is you know just just <laughs> riveting tennis for guys who peaked in high school. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, damn, that's a hot take. <laughs> but uh, I I uh, 
Yeah, I was I was surprised. We got ours with uh, bacon and pepperoni. The bacon was on top, like in the sauce, and then the pepperoni was under the cheese, oh between God, the cheese and the crust. You are making me hungry now. I know. Oh my God. I and I, you know, I'm fully willing to admit that maybe my my perception of this was colored by the fact that this was maybe one of the best. One of the best, if not the best, vacations I've ever taken in my life. Oh, it will probably be among your best for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, but, same. But yeah. I, I, I feel safe in saying that Giordano's is one of the best pizzas I've ever had. My favorite still goes to Uptown locally. Sure. Up t- Uptown pizza is the fucking truth. But Giordano's <laughs> is so, so good. If you ever find yourselves in Chicago, eat a Giordano's pizza. Can we make a commitment here? That when Giordano's comes close enough to us that we can yes, go there, absolutely. we will go there. We I've never in my go. life had authentic and, and deep you, dish. You know what? Maybe we'll You're go. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Maybe we'll go. We'll eat it. We'll come back and we'll do a podcast. That's right a great after idea. That. Fucking A. Yeah. We'll take a Tuesday off and do it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Sounds incredible. Uh, I will keep mine brief uh, as well for the sake of brevity. I've said that five times today. Keep it brief for brevity's um, sake. I am going <laughs> to deviate from the uh, standard. Oh, you deviant, you. Uh, and uh, I usually recommend, like, music. Deviated Typically, prevert. You deviated <laughs> prevert. Prevert. Um, I'm going to recommend a video game. I'm taking a page out of old Slammykin's yeah, book right. this week. I'm going to recommend. Video games. Bradio games. I'm gonna recommend <laughs> that games. if you get, uh, I'm gonna recommend that if you have the ways and means to go out and play Max Payne Three, oh, yeah. which is very good and it, also uh, on sale right now. Right? Yes, yes, yeah. For for I don't know how many more hours. I yeah, think a couple sale hours today. Yeah, oh, I think no. at two, two a.m. Ninth. Yeah. Um, oh no. Oh no. No. Uh, Max Payne Three. Even if you don't get it on Steam, you can still go to your local GameStop. Get it for Xbox 360, play it on your Xbox One. Mm-hmm. You probably can't do that on PlayStation, you idiots. So just, <laughs> just buy it on the PlayStation Store for way too much money. No, I, I made sure to pick it up on Steam. I, yeah. have, I have it on Steam. Uh, but I haven't yeah. played it yet. Uh, it is really fun. And I remember like at the time, a lot of critics were like, ah, it's just okay. Uh, but like, it's one of those things where like the audience score definitely outweighs what the critics oh, said. Oh, yeah. Every, everything the critics say is just okay is yeah. exactly what the general public wants. Exactly. Yeah. And it is a general public. It general is a public? very, very good, very, very rich, <laughs> uh, noirzy, in, in the style of the previous two Max Payne's, super noirzy, um, maybe a little bit more like an action movie type than what you'd see from the previous yeah, two. It's, it's got some like mid 2000s flair to yeah. it. Where it sort of feels like, like what would it, it sort of feels like uh, if like the earlier Max Payne was more like maybe Die Hard. Yes. Then it's more like Die Hard 4. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is, this is yeah. Max Payne as directed by Michael Mann. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. It is super action oriented. Uh, dude, slow motion bullet time effects. Bullet <laughs> camera, just like uh, in the Sniper series where the, the camera follows the bullet. Yeah. And you get yeah. to watch it fucking go through the guy that you kill. That's so fucking cool. Um, <laughs> super challenging in the best possible way. I was telling you, Dave, there's like parts of this game that are very tough, mm-hmm. but the developers are aware of that. And if you keep dying repeatedly at the same spot, they will do things to not lower the difficulty outwardly for what you're doing, but they will give you buffs to make it easier. For flexible you. checkpoints. Flexible. Yeah. yeah. Flexible checkpoints. Like if you keep dying at one spot, they'll do things like 
fix your health and, and make it so that you don't have any damage. Yeah. Uh, and if you're still dying, they'll do things like add painkillers, which is how you heal yourself, or like refill yeah. your bullet time meter, which is how you pull off those sick slow motion kills. Yeah. yeah. Getting um, getting auto saved with ten percent health is absolute bullshit. Correct. And I'm glad that they recognize that. They did. On and, some level, it's like the good guy version of rubber banding. Yeah. Of like, <laughs> right. like well, we maybe we fucked up a bit. Just like take some buffs just correct make correct through this. yeah just to and, and it's really really you know it's really good it's it's uh features one of my favorite i forgot all about it uh features one of my favorite levels in video games ever which is a a a, a deal gone wrong a money exchange gone wrong in a giant sao paulo brazil soccer stadium <laughs> and it turns into a fabulous gunfight all the way through the entire stadium Nice. Um, like you get to go up the elevators, you end up on the top part of the stadium and you fight your way around part of it and then drop down to the back inner workings and then you make your way back outside and you're fo- you basically circuit this entire stadium chasing a bag of money. Um, <laughs> and it features some very serious challenge, uh, but it, there's nothing more satisfying than pulling off that last kill. The last kill in a main section always yeah. gives you a super cool oh, yeah. slow motion kill. Fucking rad. They used to do that all the way back to the first match. They thing. did. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When, you, when that final kill, we get that slow mo mm. kill. Except now it's in HD and it looks super good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh play Max Payne 3. It's worth the extra. It did not cost me that much money. It was yeah. super worth it to play that game again. Cool, cool. I loved it. Um God, I, I want to play that. It's now. good. It's very good. <laughs> is the um, second one good? Second one's good. Okay. Second one's short, but it is good. Okay, because um, I only ever played the first one, and I bought that on PC, CD, ROM, and I will tell you, I have the mouse pad out there to prove yeah, it. Right. Because it came with the, the mouse Max pad. Pain. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get it. Play it. It's uh, Max Payne 3, super good. I would recommend a game pad. Yeah. It's it's okay on, uh-huh. on mouse and keyboards, but it feels much more fluid on a gamepad. That's for interesting because sure. the targeting felt really good for the first one with the PC. The first the, the first one's essentially a, a, a PC mod. Correct. It's a, it's essentially it was made essentially as a mod of, of some other PC engine, but but is that is, sounds right. Is meant to feel okay on a on a PC and mouse. This one the auto aim is your best friend, and you can't do that on mouse and keyboard. Yeah. So you really want to have that there because they Unless want you're a fucking pro like me. Correct. <laughs> yeah. MLG. You want you want that extra ease because, like I said, there are parts of this game that are fucking tough. Yeah. So you just want to be ready for that. Nice. Um, what did we learn, if anything, gentlemen? I know we don't have a ton because this was super. When in doubt, you can live off your huge penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wrote I wrote come on down to the park and shit. <laughs> The stop and plop. <laughs> I learned that farts on microphone are never not funny. They're really funny. They're always funny. They're incredibly <laughs> funny. Shits on microphone, not super great, though. Almost, almost funny happened. in retrospect. <laughs> yes. I've shit on the microphone before, and it was not well received. No. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I wrote uh, that we have another Hall of Fame fart in the bank. In yes, that same we do. Band, so. Yes. Um, I learned, and this is like not a joke, but just. There's a really good point to be made about the fact that bowling is pretty straightforward as far as, like, there's no calls. There's no replays. Yeah, right. There's no, was someone across? I mean, I guess there might be, was someone across the line. <laughs> over the line! <laughs> but it doesn't seem to happen that often. Sorry, yeah. so, you were over the line. Yeah. Uh, and it's and when it does, it's, like, indisputable, I'm sure. So, like, that's yeah. kind of, I like that a lot. Yeah. I wrote down, uh, he's got two of them. Two of them. I need to go out of Alan Tudyk. Two of them. I, 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 in, in Dave's argument, I wrote, uh, bowling kicks uh, way more ass than I ever gave it credit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Um, 
Do we have anything else? I have one more on here. Um, I don't know. I think if uh, one more thing I learned, I think, is that what it means to be good music is way more complicated than I thought it was. But also, it's one of those things you feel in your gut. Yeah. And I think that that's enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it, completely out of that vein, the last thing I learned is that usually when a kid talks about incest, it's with a detective. <laughs> <laughs> usually... With a detective. Uh, good heavens. <laughs> I can only think of like Charlie Kelly. Yeah. It's always sunny pointing on the doll with yeah. his whole family around. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> on that note. Uh, this was a great idea. <laughs> good. I'm, gl- I'm glad everybody liked it. I want to thank you for coming up with Absolutely. this. Absolutely. It was a little bit, uh, just a tiny bit more work than normal, but it worked out really well. <laughs> yeah, I figured uh, it was good. I figured it was going to be good, and it ended up exceeding my expectations. Yeah. Which is yeah. really great. So This is good. Sh- this is good shit. Yeah. We're going to do it again. So Yes, yeah. we will. This three dudes a- debate. Three dudes debate. This three <laughs> three <laughs> dudes mass debate. The three dudes mass debate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How many times do we have to tell y'all we're going to masturbate as much as possible? <laughs> and then have a beer or go to bed. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think it's about time for now. Yes. Uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, we will see you hopefully in two weeks with another episode of the Three Dude Cast. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, talk to you later. Listen again. We love you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.